Welcome everyone to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. And I'm BJ! Woo! And this week, we're actually going to start talking about Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2. 2. That's a a lot to say all at once. (laughs) It is. And if you listened to last week, uh, I think it was last week, uh, we were talking about how you couldn't get into Dragon Quest Jokers 1. And we had an absolutely fantastic listener who made it so that you could play too. So awesome. Yeah. So huge shout out to Alex uh, Vialba. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, who offered to send me uh, their extra copy of Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2, uh, which was just super, super nice of them uh, to offer that up because I had looked on eBay either after or during our discussion of talking yeah. about Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2 and found that it was like super expensive. So they offered to send it to me for free, which was nice of them. Uh, I couldn't uh, let myself take it for free, so I did send some money along just because it's super hard for me to take free things from people. Uh, it's true. Especially, especially hard to find free things. Hard to find and increasing in value free things where this one jumped so we wanted to to really make a shout out to you so because that's a that's a really awesome thing you did it is it is definitely one of the nicest things anyone has ever done for me like no yeah, I mean, exaggeration yeah when you messaged me about that i was like holy crap really like that's like that's something people don't do in general so it uh, it kind of goes back to what we've said the entire time we've done this podcast that the dragon quest fandom and the our community in particular has fantastic wonderful human beings in it so that uh this is just another indication of that yeah so uh before we get into too much talking about dragon quest monsters joker 2 because i have i've just started playing it so i am admittedly not super far into it i've played about three maybe four hours into it so far i've made it to i've made it through all of the like first jungle area it's called trepidation and the tutorial part at the beginning that was called, it's the Albatross airship, which I'm going to get into. Made it through okay. all of that stuff. And now I'm in a place called the Doubtback, which I don't <laughs> want to necessarily get into that part in today's episode. But anyway, before we get into all of that, we also have a, a real nice thank you uh, for you to give because uh, we have a new Anchor supporter. Yeah, which is really cool. Uh, Anchor has a thing where you can just click on there and support us straight through the podcast itself. Uh, there should be a link in your show notes. So if Patreon's not your thing, you can try on Anchor as well. Uh, just like Steon Elvsas. I am absolutely butchering your name. I know I'm so sorry, but I want to thank you so very much for doing that, for liking us enough. You thank you, Steon, John, Stian. I am very sorry that I have no idea how to pronounce your name, but you are awesome. Yeah, for sure. And we usually send out stickers to our Patreon patrons. So, so Stian, if you are listening to this episode, thank you so much. And if you would like a sticker, uh, message us on Twitter uh, at DragonQuestFM. You can send us a DM and just let us know. And we will totally send you a sticker like we do for all of our Patreon patrons, uh, because this is just a super nice thing you're doing. Yeah, it really is. So thank you. Uh, There might be a way to do that on Anchor that we're not aware of. Uh, We'll get an email about it if you do. So uh, let us know one way or the other. Yeah. So getting into today's little episode about Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2, uh, it's mostly going to be me telling BJ about it. We tried not to 
talk about it too much through text prior to this episode. Right. So everything you're getting is fresh. Yeah. So fresh and so clean, clean. Uh, maybe after listening to our spinoffs episode, maybe the biggest question on everyone's mind is, do I like it more than the first one? <laughs> right. That was uh, my first thing. Like you sent me pictures of it, I think, or maybe I saw those on Twitter, but you, we were messaging back and forth as well. And uh, my, my first thing is how does this game start off compared to the other one? Because it was an almost immediate thing for the first one that you didn't like it. Yeah. This one though, I can confirm it is better. Okay. Um, I already like it. Uh, significantly better than the first one. Part of that is probably because it has characters and like more unique areas to explore. Like it seems like zones are different rather than just kind of like islands and stuff. Right. I still am a little on the fence. Like it is better, but I don't know if I just love it quite yet. And yet, and again, I'm only, you know, three or four hours in to the game here. So, you know, people listening don't start screaming at me too much just yet because I'll be the first <laughs> to admit I've not played a super huge chunk of it yet this is really just my first impressions here right i do like it my biggest thing is that so the first dragon quest monsters joker game it was called that and like all the characters things were based off of like card puns you know you have Mm -hmm. joker ace things like that right this game does not um so outside of just like them trying to i guess keep it like in a unified like spinoff series um i don't necessarily understand why it's called joker (laughs) Maybe just because they had started a new spinoff series, like you said. I mean, it's uh, it's weird whenever there's a new... Like, if they had called uh, Dragon Quest Heroes 2, like Dragon Quest Warriors or something, you'd be like, why did they change the name on that one? It's the same kind of game. So, maybe that. Yeah. The other thing, while we're speaking of names, I don't want to get too caught up on names here today. But the other thing is I need your help or somebody listening's help. Uh, telling me what this is a pun for okay because most of the names of the characters are puns based on their jobs so right the game starts off the game starts off with you on an airship with what i assume is like a pirate captain so obviously i'm gonna like this game better already (laughs) of course because you're you're a pirate you're a ship man so so i already i already like this a little bit better but his name is captain rex mayday Mayday is right. in like, you know, I need help. Rex is in like, you know, a shipwreck. Rex. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is Rory Bellows who works down in the engine room, you know, feeding coal right. into the fire and stuff. Flashing the bellows or whatever it's called. Yeah. Roaring bellows. Roaring Rory bellows. bellows. Right. Yeah. There's Dr. Eugene Poole who helps you with monster <laughs> synthesis. Um, I love Poole. it. Yeah. That's a good one. The one that I don't understand is there. there's this like traveling merchant scholar guy. Uh, that is with you as well. And his name is Archie Log. Archie Log. Archie Log? Like L-O-G, just L-O-G? L-O-G-G. Archie? Archaeolog. It's uh, merchant and uh, uh, like explorer, uh, like an archaeolog, like an archaeologist? I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I've never heard of an archaeolog, but maybe if that's a thing. That's a thing. It's uh, it, it's kind of an archaic thing, which is not unknown for Dragon Quest to pull in. Like that's what I would think. Like, does he sell artifacts and things like that? Like, like treasures kind of things. 
Um, he, he's give looking you information on or looking for like, like you said, he's looking, what does he look for? Like, like lost civilizations or old monsters or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like I found an old ancient coin already. And he's like, Ooh, this is important. Yeah, uh, that, that it's, of, it's an archaeologist. He's an archaeologist. Thank you. Literally last night as I was falling asleep, thinking about like things I was going to discuss in today's episode with you, um, I was thinking, you know, trying to fall asleep. And then all of a sudden I started thinking about their names and I got on Archie Log, and I literally laid there in bed for probably a solid 30 minutes wide awake being like, oh my God, what does Archie Log, what is that a pun for? It literally that, it kept me up to be, at night. That is, A, you should probably take a step back. Uh, B, like that's, uh, no, that's, uh, I think it's Archaeolog. Like that's what I would, I would, all, I would put money on it that that's what it is, especially given that he's uh, getting excited over old coins and things like that. Gotcha. Okay. So anyway, uh, it's pretty good. You start off uh, on this airship. Everyone, you're a stowaway and everyone is headed to like the scouting competition. And then your airship, the airship crashes uh, and everyone that was aboard the airship kind of goes their separate ways. Well, that's a unique way of starting a JRPG. He says sarcastically. (laughs) So... Anyway, Rory Bellows is still there. He kind of helps you train. Uh, There were some monsters in the monster pen. And after all of this, there's only one left. And I looked it up and apparently it's random what your starter monster is here. Uh, But there is like there's like six that you can always choose from. But only but one is going to be selected for you randomly. Um, And I got I got a bag of laughs. uh, Okay, you could be worse. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why being named Jasper is just good. That's great. I did not name it. That was its name, which makes me a little sad because I was kind of hoping for uh, the Komodo enemy that was uh, in the yeah. pen because you, you got to sneak a peek of them before the airship crashes. You can kind of see what yeah. uh, what monsters are down there. And there was a Komodo and I was like, yeah, that's cool. A little dragon. That would be fun to start off. with. Yeah, that'd be great. But I got Jasper and Jasper's pretty good so far. I like him. Um, he, he's come in handy anyway. So this whole thing happens, the airship crashes and you're now in this jungle forest area called trepidation. And from what I found (laughs) with the, from what I found with the areas that are going to be in dragon quest monsters, Joker two is that the puns are based on an emotion and like whatever the environment is. So like trepidation Uh, is, you know, mm -hmm. trepidation and there's trees cause it's a jungle. There's the doubt back, which, you know, looks like the Australian <laughs> outback. Um, and there's there's a whole lot more. I'm trying to think. I know I, call, I saw one that was like, uh, I think the there's a snowy level that's called isolation that I'm going to get to at some point. Um, wow. But those, are, but those are the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. And I know there are, I've seen mention of others, so I know there's going to be some more too. But that's kind of like, the whole thing with this game in terms of like the locations you go to. I have learned from playing this game that I think I'm really bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how so how, how are like, you bad? Like I'm not, I'm not trying to like brag, but typically I'm good at video games, like especially RPGs. There are some games that I, I'm terrible at like fighting games. Okay. You, you put me in like a smash brothers game or like mortal Kombat, anything like that. And I'm going to be terrible at it. Like I know my limits and I'm terrible, terrible at fighting games, but typically with RPGs, you know, I'm pretty good. Don't really have trouble with it. You know, I know yep. how RPGs work. I can get through it uh, with monsters. I don't know. I feel like my monsters are dying 
off too often. And even with like grinding and stuff and, and fighting other monsters, uh, you also, you scout monsters in this game. Whereas like a Pokemon or like other monster catching game, you get it different ways. Yokai watch, things like that. This one yeah. is that you basically, you scout your monsters that are in your party use their show of strength to impress the other creature. And there's like a bar that fills up that shows you like what percentage uh, this monster is impressed and the percentage chance that you will recruit it yourself. And so this meter falls, fills up and like every, maybe, maybe my monsters are just too weak, but it's like, they both show their strength. Like when I only had two in my party and it would fill up and it would be at like 27% or like 32%, which I feel like, okay, so I feel like the probability of me recruiting monsters is really low. I mean, maybe not. I do have like a full party of six now and like, like three that are in your party and three in reserves and things like that. But it's just like, I don't know. I feel like the the likelihood of me scouting monsters was very low. Um, it mm. also kind of bugs me because you don't get experience if you successfully scout a monster. So sometimes oh. I had to choose between, okay, at this point in the game, the Draki gives a lot of experience. Uh, do I want to get the experience to level up my monsters or do I want to try to scout him with like a 18% chance? And so huh. I didn't really, I didn't really like that the game makes you choose uh, there. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't just give you experience for scouting, which is kind of crappy. Yeah. And so there are definitely some, maybe not, maybe they're not flat out complaints, but they're qualms <laughs> that I have. You uh, some quibbles. Yeah. I got some quibbles w- with this game already um i gotta admit i did not think i was gonna like it at first because the beginning parts where you are a stowaway you essentially just run back and forth between captain rex and rory bellows like several times and it's just through like the same few rooms on the airship and i I mean i get it i guess it's getting you familiar with the airship but then it like crashes and you're not really ever in another area of the airship again except for like this one area where like the item vending machine and rory bellows and other npcs are so it's just weird there's a lot of weird backtracking filling up like the first like 30 minutes or so of the game um and so it felt kind of slow but once you actually get to trepidation uh it's pretty cool there's lots of there's a pretty good variety of monsters to choose from early on uh there's also a pretty cool mechanic that i think i'm gonna like but could get annoying which is where there's like giant monsters right okay yeah so in trepidation there's this giant worm he's like pink and black striped worm and he's gonna wriggle through certain areas every once in a while and before he comes through like the whole screen starts shaking which gives my old man eyes like pain but anyway the whole screen (laughs) starts shaking and like an exclamation point appears above the guy's head and then you need to like get out of the way, run to safety, climb up some like ivy to get out of the way or something uh, to avoid right. the giant monster. And so it's pretty cool, like exploration mechanic, I guess, that there's like this big monster that could like barrel through at any moment that you kind of have to get out of the way for. Yeah, I like that kind of thing in MMOs as well. Like Warcraft did that a lot of just having a big monster wandering a path through the zone and it was significantly higher level than you. So if you saw it, it was terror running around. You had to get out of the way. Like, I like stuff like that. Yeah, and this one, this was pretty cool. I The reason I said I think I'm going to like it, but I could see it getting annoying is because sometimes you just want to explore, right? Like, right. like the like the overpowered enemies in like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 are, <laughs> yeah. are, 
are cool, but at some sometimes you just want to see what's at the top of that giant tree. You know, right. <laughs> like sometimes right. you just want to get up there instead of, you know, having to worry about about getting around this stuff. And so, yeah, I gotcha. Anyway, eventually you do uh, go into this worm's belly, uh, which is kind of mm. cool and try to rescue Rory, who gets swallowed whole by this worm. Uh, and that's when you fight the first uh, boss in the game. OK, it's called like a hyper hydra or something like that it's basically like a hydra right you know it's hydra so it's like a pun so it's like hey hey it's like this giant eyeball with like a bunch of like tentacles jutting out of it anyway so that was my that was my first boss uh that i have fought so far um going back though just to about me being bad at it other than just like dying is this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but if I don't tell somebody, then there's no one to laugh at it with me, right? It's That is true. I could not figure out how to get to the next zone. Huh. Because you once you beat the tr- the trepidation portion, it's yeah. like, you've unlocked the outback. Uh, once you travel there from the map, you can zoom back and forth there at any time. Because right, okay. you, you unlock scouting abilities. So like I have like zoom and zip right now. Okay. I was like, okay, cool, you know, closed out that little short description. And I was like, I guess I'll just pull up the map from the menu. And then I pulled up the map from the the menu, and there's no map. Huh. None. There's like no map. Yeah. And so like it's blank? Yeah, like there's there's like the options are like items, equipment, switch monsters, things like that. Oh, okay, 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 I gotcha. Anyway, so it was just like things like that that I'm like um, maybe I'm I'm bad at this. And same thing with like, there's certain mechanics that I felt like it didn't, I, like I just kind of had to figure out on my own. And I don't know, I'm not used to being this bad at, at video games, but I feel like I'm very bad at this one. <laughs> I actually ran into that in Torchlight 3, that I've had a hard time, uh, the few times I've played it, of figuring out exactly where to go. That whenever I've done anything, there are, are unclear objectives. And it's like, hey, go to this place or do this. And it's like, not clear at all. I'm like, man, I uh, usually can go through this without problem. It's like, it's telling me to go to my fort. And I'm like, I've never seen my fort. What are we talking about? (laughs) And uh, stuff like that. So I feel you on it because it's happened to me recently too, just in a different game. Did you ever find your way there? Oh yeah. I'm I'm at the beginning uh, of, of doubt back right now. Okay. Uh, The other thing that I was kind of like, bad at i guess is that and then i still am having some trouble getting used to is there's like pillars that heal you okay okay and you get medicinal herbs but it's like if the monsters just die it's like they're dead until you can find a pillar but you can't go when you go back to the pillars i guess they work on timers because when i would go back to the pillars to try to heal my party it would be like you can't use this again yet Hmm. and so I would just have to scout more monsters. So that's a mechanic that I don't like. And also that I feel like makes it harder. And so yeah, I bet it does. So Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2 is an objectively better game than the first one. I guess my biggest thing at this point is I don't know if I, I just don't know if I like this series. This might just be not, this might just not be the series for me. Yeah. I mean, when we were talking about it, it made me wonder if you even like the monster games. That it might not be your thing. Like you love yokai and you love Pokemon, but you might not like DQ monsters, which is strange to think about because of as much as you love the rest of them. But this one just might not be it. 
it's definitely the mechanics. Like there's the ones I listed before. And I think one thing too, is it's hard for me to invest in. Right. Okay. Like in Yo-Kai watch, you have, you have whisper, right? That's like your little sidekick. Have you played Yo-Kai watch? No, no, I have not. I I haven't opened it up. Whisper's the little white ghost guy. Okay. Okay. He's like your Pikachu. He's like your sidekick. Except in the first one, you, you don't fight as him. He's just kind of like your little helper. That's all. Oh, okay. And so anyway, but you have whisper that accompanies the protagonist in that. In Pokemon, they give you like a starter Pokemon that, you know, is usually pretty powerful and you know you're always going to keep in your party. Yeah. But in the, in the Dragon Quest Monsters Jokers games, that's not necessarily the case. It's like hard to get attached to any of these monsters because I know that none of them are going to be great for very long and I'm going to have to use monster synthesis to get them uh. better. And there's some really cool monsters to get, but it's like because there's not that constant Right in these games, like it's hard for me to stay invested, especially because you know the protagonist is silent, and like with the first you know Joker game, it was just kind of like you're out there on your own wandering around these islands for this competition, and in this mm-hmm. one, it's like you're wandering around the wilderness and finding the NPCs that were on the albatross with you, which is a better co- premise, I think, concept and premise. Right, but, yeah, but it still makes for like a pretty lonely journey. Yeah, and so I think. I think that's maybe it. I also completely hate the protagonist designs for the Joker games. They all look like little punks with their sneakers. And I just, I don't like them. They're I like the protagonist design in the first one. The second one doesn't really, actually that's the reason I bought the first one is because I like the way the protagonist looks. Oh, but really? the second I hate one the, doesn't. I hate the one in the first one. I think the second one looks a little better because he's more generic. <laughs> yeah. See, I like the I like that it, it's distinct in the first one, but I can totally see like you and I t- do tend to like way different aesthetics and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's just like, you know, the the, the sneering little punk kid is just like, yeah. that's not who I want to play in a video game. <laughs> you spent too much time uh, working at the college. And you're just like, I'm done. Never again. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I guess, yes, this game is a whole lot better and I am enjoying it for the most part. But I think I think any of my complaints that come from this game aren't necessarily from the game itself, but from the series. Like it's the mechanics present in this spinoff series that I really don't agree with. Mm, Yeah, I mean, and that's that's understandable. That's why it's a spinoff game instead of a mainline game. Yeah, like, for instance, I'm lactose intolerant, right? So this is kind of like, this is kind of like that. It's like, I want to like it. I want to eat that pizza, but it's not going to agree with me. <laughs> it's it's not. It's like, unfor- it's like pizza. You're right, because I was about to say it's like Taco Bell. But Taco Bell, you, it doesn't agree with you, but you barrel ahead every time, no matter what, as soon as you can. And that's not how you approach the Monsters games. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of, I saw last night... On Hulu, there's a little commercial where they uh, are bringing back potatoes for the potato oh, yeah. window. I got you. I like the uh, the cheesy Fiesta potatoes. Those yeah. are nice. But they ha- still don't have the Mexican pizza, which is what I've eaten for like 35 years. They'll, they'll so. bring it back as a limited time thing, just like they are with the potatoes right now, which I'm totally going to go get a potato rito uh, today. I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. Whenever they do a Mexican pizza like that, I'm going to like buy stock in it. It's 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 my thing. Like, I love it. I've missed it. And I haven't gone to Taco Bell since they stopped serving it. So take that, Taco Bell. You don't get my like seven dollars every two years. But yeah, yeah, I've gone to Taco Bell a lot since then. But I go to Taco Bell like almost every week. Yeah, you do. I mean, that's that's like your I don't even know what to call it. It's your like lifeblood. 
it is it's it is yeah at this point if like yesterday i got my covid shot and when they put the little needle in like nacho cheese came out a little bit (laughs) (laughs) just just around the edge of it it's like yeah that's i don't doubt it which is weird that you're you're lactose intolerant given that you ooze cheese yeah speaking of dude my arm really hurts today where i got it will yeah it does. Like my, my arm hurt for a couple of days, kind of like I'd been doing weights for too long and uh, it hurt. Like I, I've had the, the vaccine flu for about the last two days. It happened about five days after my second shot and it just chills and, uh, and lethargy and headache. And uh, that's why I'm behind at work right now is because of just being unable to focus. But today's better. Today is a lot better than that. Better than I felt in a week. That's why I'm kind of nervous about the second one because I've heard that one's even worse. And this first one, like I woke up today and feel like, like my arm hurts and I, my, I just feel kind of flush and like my head hurts yeah. kind of like, kind of like my blood pressure is high. If that makes sense. Yep. You know how you feel when you're, you get like your blood pressure goes up. Mm-hmm. I've kind of felt like that all day. And so now I'm like, oh my gosh, how bad is the second one going to be? The second one is worse because you feel, you sound like, like the way I felt, but most of what I had with the Pfizer one that you got to is, uh, outside of, you know, the chills for a couple of days like that for about a day. It, uh, I just felt tired. Like it was just exhaustion. Like I would have to go take a nap. Like I couldn't stay sitting up. I would pe- like be nodding off at my desk. Yeah. You take naps all the time anyway, though. You're- I do. But this is the thing. Jennifer said that too. And I'm like, yes, but this isn't an, mm, I can take a nap because I'm done with my work nap. This is a, if I don't go <laughs> lay down right now, I'm going to fall out of my chair nap. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're different. <laughs> and- this this whole, this whole episode got way off the rails at some point. I don't it remember. Totally did. I don't remember when. <laughs> <laughs> but it did. It totally I, uh, did. Yeah. So I'm, I'm also excited that you got it and I've got a week on mine. I have one week before I'm considered fully vaccinated. And so in two weeks, like, well, in about five weeks, you, you will too. And then we can finally just go outside and just start licking people again. It's like, just go to Walmart and lick people with, with abandon and no one's going to give us COVID. Yeah. Uh, I know you're joking, but even you joking about that, I'm just like, no, nah. <laughs> Nah, nah. Did you hear about the guy speaking of COVID and going off the rails? Early on, somebody went and uh, like coughed on some vegetables and licked a couple of them and got arrested uh, for it was some kind of like terrorism kind of thing because it turned out that they had COVID. Hmm. And they 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 went and did that as a joke and uh, really could have put that many people at risk. Like they I remember them getting arrested for it. Like it's. I was I was very happy to hear that because I'm like, yeah, you you got that for kind of kind of being a tool. So getting getting back over into Monsters Joker really quickly, I do want to mention before we wrap everything up today that there are some super cool uh, new monsters in this game that like I'm really excited to try to get. Yeah, you should look it up right right now while we're talking about it. There's this one that's called like a slime nemesis it's like a slime it's a slime and a nemesis joke nemeslime maybe doing it right now nemeslime that's it oh that looks cool yeah doesn't it look cool and there's like one called like ultra slime it's like these little like armored slime guys oh yeah those are neat i like those a lot yeah and i've been impressed so far with just how well slimes are like i think the no joke the blue slime that's in my party is probably probably my favorite monster right now because wow. it, has, it has heal and some pretty strong magic yeah 
while while some of the other characters can like hit harder and all like the fact that just the standard blue slime that you can get from the get-go is able to like heal your party and stuff is really nice and like i know slimes are usually pretty weak and i know that there's going to be better you know monsters later on but just right now it's kind of nice getting to have a slime in my party that's actually good and then i can kind of keep for a while and get attached to the ultra slime can be obtained by winning 200 random battles using tag mode oh yeah no i'm never gonna get that (laughs) uh i don't see how to get the the nema slime i think is like from uh nema slime is the same way Uh, oh really After obtaining an Ultra Slime, every time a tag mode battle is started, you'll have a chance to encounter a Nema Slime, uh, which you can then attempt to scout. Yeah, I knew it had like a really low like drop rate, appearance rate. So yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah, that's crazy. I quit. (laughs) Yeah, I've done that on games where I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep playing it. I at least owe it to like, you know, Brad who's recommended it to me, Alex right. who sent me the game. Like I owe it to so many people. I'm going to give this game. A oh, for sure. And, and again, it, I'm not going to judge a game based on just the first three hours. This whole episode is totally just my first impressions of the game. So even if it feels like I'm, I'm knocking on it a, a bit. I mean, they're right now, you know, if I'm placing the good and the bad things on a scale, the scale is there's more things on the, in the good, you know? Right. So yeah, I think, I think I'm going to like it. Who, who really knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the way every point, every kind of game is. Yeah, but I, I definitely uh, hope to get a lot further into it uh, so that maybe next week we can continue our discussion into it. I don't think the main story is super long. Like, I think once you, you like, beat the competition or whatever, uh, it's kind of like the point of the game, you know, the Pokemon yeah. Championship. Once you get through all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think there's like more story and stuff to play through, but just to get to the credits, I think doesn't take a a, a huge amount of time. And, and so I think before we record next week, I can probably get pretty far into it. That'd be neat to hear about and to see how these games do, how to see how these games do later on, because you've only ever played through the beginning of them. And even the old monsters games you haven't played. Yeah, I have not. I have, uh, I have the Terry one on 3DS right? that I would like to play at some point. I think uh, I think after I finish up Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2, though, uh, I'm going to play all of the uh, Theatrhythm Dragon Quest oh, yeah. on the 3DS because I've never played the whole game. Um, so, so you guys keep an eye out for that because we're going to be talking about it uh, at some point in the future because that's the next one on my Dragon Quest list. And that one's just in Japanese, isn't it? You'll be playing that. It is in Japanese. I, it is. I did a demo of it though, and I mean, right. it's a it's a rhythm game. If you've ever played uh, Theatrhythm, Final yeah. Fantasy, or the Melody of Memory Kingdom Hearts game, haven't. But I I know the the game style and how they're done. I I know that we got to wrap things up, and this is a tangent. But I liked Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory way more than I thought I would. Like I had a Do ton you? of fun. I like rhythm games anyway. Like I love Guitar Hero and stuff. I mean, I mean, the story is man, it's just reiterating the same story that you've seen over the last like yeah. 20 years. Um, there's like nothing really new there. And so and a, lo- and a lot of the music was way too similar. But yeah, just in terms of like the actual like button presses and gameplay aspect of it. Like I did not expect to love that game as much as I did. And I had a ton of fun with Melody of Memory. It's a short game, but it was, yeah. it was a lot of fun. And it was part of like a buy two, get one free deal that Amazon was having before the holidays oh. last year. So it was technically my free game. 
I bought a couple as presents for people and then yeah. I could get one for free. And I was like, I'm getting melody of memory for myself. I don't, I don't blame you for that. Like that's the kind of game that you get for free. That's the kind of game I would get for free. Cause yeah. I don't, I'm not interested in it because I'm not, I like rhythm games, but I get bored of rhythm games pretty quickly. Uh, unless they're just amazing. So I'm, I like the, uh, that would be the kind of thing I either grab on super sale or get for free like that. When I have like a, uh, buy two, get one free at GameStop or something like on Amazon there. Yeah. Gotcha. So anyway, I want to play Theatrhythm Dragon Quest. I have it. Um, and I can play it on my, you know, Japanese 2DS. So I'm totally going to do that soon. So, uh, so once we're done with all of this Dragon Quest Monsters Joker stuff, definitely going to get into that. But so far, um, I guess if I have to assign a rating for this game, like on a one to five scale, I guess I'm giving it a, three right now and i can already mm-hmm. hear people screaming but i haven't played very much of it yet so hopefully right. this is just the beginning of it, it for you yeah so hopefully my opinion of it will change either way it's a ton of fun to get to play it's a ton of fun to get to play a dragon quest game that i've not played before right and that's something that is very rare at this point yeah because i've, pl- I've played through so many well let me back up it's good to play a Dragon Quest game that's in English that I haven't played before. Right, 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 right. Yep. Cool, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Because yeah. a lot of the newer ones I've played are in Japanese, which are fun. It's good to get to see the content, but it's like there's also a huge language barrier there. And yeah. so it's nice to play a Dragon Quest game that's new to me, that's in English. I can understand everything. And so that's just been that's just been really nice in and of itself. So I really... Yeah. Uh, appreciate it. So that makes thanks, sense. Alex. I'll thank him again. <laughs> super nice of him to send it. Remember, if you want to talk to us directly on Twitter, you can totally do that. Uh, you can find us at Dragon Quest FM. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can find us on patreon.com slash Dragon Quest FM. Uh, special shout out to Stan again for supporting us on Anchor. Uh, you can find us there at anchor.fm slash Dragon Quest. I think that's the right URL. Uh, and if you want to talk to me directly, you can do that. I'm on Twitter at Dragon Quaston. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege. Uh, you can listen to my other podcast, the geek to geek podcast, uh, at geek to geek media.com and on any podcast place that you listen to. Um, you can also talk to us on Slack and discord, uh, which the links are on geek to geek media.com. It impresses me that you do a sign off multiple times every week and you're still so bad at it. Yep. Every time. Super bad. <laughs> like, I love you, but you stumble at the outro every time. And it's hilarious. Every time. Yep. It's, it's okay. It's endearing. It, that, that's me. I'm hilarious, <laughs> stumbling, bumbling, and endearing. And endearing. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Welcome, everyone, to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. And I'm Austin. (laughs) You're not Austin. (laughs) You are an imposter. I am an imposter. I'm, I'm, I'm... You're looking for an Among Us joke, weren't you? (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't couldn't think of it. I'm sus. (laughs) Uh, So, anyway, this week, uh, I'm going to continue telling BJ and you guys about my experience with Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2. Uh, I both 
have gotten to a point in the game where I love it a lot more, but I also okay. hit a snag where I disliked it a lot more. <laughs> oh, see, that's that's bad. So there were some definitely some ups and downs uh, this past week from playing it uh, that I want to kind of talk about. And I'm a lot further in the game now than probably what we're going to get to in today's episode. But yeah. I did want to go ahead and just say really quickly for everybody that I'll try to keep story spoilers to a minimum because I know there's been some people on Twitter who are like, oh, cool, maybe I'll play this now or like maybe I'll open my copy and yeah. things like that. So I don't want to spoil too much of the story stuff for people, even though there's not like a whole lot of story really. I still right. don't want to spoil it for the people who haven't played it yet. So there's going to be like some gameplay, I guess, spoilers, but just in terms of, of story, I'm going to try to keep those to a minimum like today and in any future episodes we do on this uh, because I right. want people to get to play it and you included. <laughs> yeah. And there's a good chance that I will. I I love the idea of the monsters games, but just honestly haven't ever played one. Like I've played a little bit of the, I played a little bit of the Japanese first one that you got me and a little bit of the fan translation of Caravan Heart, but that's it. I haven't played very much more than that, and I want to play some of them. Yeah, cool. Oh, and you're talking about like the the on the Game Boy Color, like you played it in Japanese on your Game Boy Color. Uh, on my actually on it was in my Game Boy SP because I don't have uh, Game Boy Advance SP because mm -hmm. it's backward compatible because I don't actually have it. I never had a Game Boy Color. I had the original Game Boy and used that one all the way through up the till the advance. Oh, wow. I gotcha. I have the transparent like purple one, you know, yep, yep, yep. like the iconic Game Boy Color. You did. <laughs> I actually need oh, to my. see. I think I wonder if that I don't think that one's compatible with the original, the OG Game Boy, the big brick. I need to put batteries in it and see. Because that's the one I still have over behind me. Your Game Boy Color game? Yeah, well, the Color game and the original Game Boy as well. Oh. I have. I want. I can't remember if those two work together or not. I don't think they do. I don't think maybe. they do. But yeah. Yeah. So cool. Anyway, I think last week uh, I was basically going over my first impressions, and I hadn't done a whole whole lot yet. Um, I right. basically met some of the characters, gotten a little bit used to the the like concepts uh, that are in the game. I was on the doubt back, which is the second uh, major area in the game, but hadn't really talked about it. Uh, overall, I liked the doubt back pretty well. Um, the forest area that you start out off in trepidation. I liked a lot too. Yep. Uh, the biggest surprise with the doubt back for me is that there really wasn't a whole lot to do. And I found that I've noticed that that's a thing with this game. It's like each time you go to a new area, I basically just, rush through filling out the map to try mm. to get to the zip location because if you get to the zip location it's basically like a checkpoint yeah so you can always go back to albatross the airship to heal your party because that's how like you revive your party you know last week's okay. episode i was talking about how like in the intrepidation like i couldn't figure out how to like revive my party without using those pillars that yep. didn't work all the time well if you if you zoom back to the albatross and walk inside, it heals everybody up automatically. So, okay. So you basically want to get to a zip location so that then you can just zoom back to the albatross, heal up your party, and then you can just scout monsters and explore and do all that stuff. I've kind of, that's kind of the strategy I've had in this game since then is I basically just barrel through trying to avoid enemies so I don't die to get to the zip location. 
that checkpoint so that at any given time I can just go back to the albatross, heal my party, and then go back into the whatever location I'm in without like penalty. (laughs) One thing that, uh, you know, speaking of the doubt back and finding your way around and uh, not taking penalties, uh, you didn't finish last time and you texted me about this, that you, uh, about getting to the doubt back, that you fuddled around with the, fiddled around with the maps and everything, trying to figure out how to leave and get there. And you finally figured it out that you had texted me that uh, you finally figured out how to get to different places uh, and use the map like that. Yeah, well, see, I, I hadn't. I figured out how to do it whenever we recorded. It's just that we got distracted talking about something else. And when I... Oh, okay. When I was editing the episode, I realized that I forgot. Like, I never went back to the end of my story. <laughs> gotcha. So, so for people who listened last week, yeah. So I couldn't figure out how to get to the map. It said the map. So I spent all this time in the menu trying to find out where the map was. I like went on Google and was like, where's the you know world map in this game? There's actually not a whole lot of content online about Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2, believe it or not. Like it's it's very hard to find stuff on that game. Right. So anyway, so I did all this stuff. I spent like an embarrassingly long amount of time trying to figure out how to get to the doubt back. And finally, all you have to do, which I should have mentioned last week, this was the kind of the the whole point of my story was that after all this pain and agony I went through, all I had to do was leave trepidation. Like when you climb out of the Albatross airship and like right. walk down the ladder, there's like this little bridge you can cross. And it just, as soon as you cross it, the world map shows up and it unlocks any areas that you have maybe unlocked and you automatically go there and then you can just zoom there at any time. Yep. So, so you spent so much time when what you had to do, was go there. I just had to walk. Yeah, I just literally had to just walk out of the area. (laughs) (laughs) So it just made me laugh so much. And I wanted to make sure when you're talking about going into the area and uh, finding all these checkpoints that you finally did figure out how to get there. Yeah. But you never told us. Yeah. So that that was the end of my story that I forgot to get to uh, last week. Uh, The doubt back itself, though, it's pretty okay. There's not like a, a whole lot. Uh, to explore there, really. Um, There's tunnels that lead underground, and this is where kind of the biggest part of the gameplay for the Doubtback comes, is because underneath the Doubtback, uh, this is where the scouting uh, challenge happens, the arena. Okay. For the the, like master scouting competition or whatever it's called in this game. So this happens uh, here. Uh, Weirdly enough, though, uh, it's run by moles. (laughs) That's weird. And Don Mole, our friend Don Mole from Dragon Quest VIII. Uh, we wow. talked about him, you know, on the show like years ago. Uh, yep. Don Mole uh, is in charge of it. And he still talks, you know, like James Brown or something in this game as well. And so uh, he runs the whole thing. Uh, you go through and you uh, like at initially it starts with like rank F, I guess, if I remember correctly. And then rank E, you can do back to back. And then you have to progress a little bit further to do D. And then you have to progress a little bit further to do C. And then uh, that's that's as far as I've gotten right now. I'm ranked C. But then eventually, you know, there's B and A. And I don't know if there's S or not. But at some point, you beat the game after climbing the ranks. Oh, that's how you beat the game. Yeah, like there's there's areas to explore. It basically, it works like this, okay? So you, you do rank F and E to unlock a new zone. 
Right. Then once you've completed like doubt back and isolation, isolation is the next area. Then you can go back and you can do the rank D fight. And then if you complete the rank D fight, then you unlock the Cragravation area. Um, Cragravation. Oh, okay. You know, you remember how I told yep. you that they're like based on like landmarks and, and isolation. Yeah. Yep. So there's Cragravation, uh, which is actually a very aggravating area. But <laughs> um, I wonder why there's Cragravation, and then it's like once you beat. Uh, Cragravation, then you go and do the rank C stuff to unlock the unshore, which right. is like a beach area. It's like a shore, unshore. You get it? Yeah. Um, and so anyway, that that's as far as I've gotten right now. So so that's kind of the progress. And I'm sure once I get past the unshore, it's like I have to go back and do the rank B fight, and then I'll unlock the next area, and then, you know, so on and so on. So that's kind of like the, the pace that the game is set at. And it's it's not bad. Um, it's still my, what'd you call it last week? Quibble. I do, I yeah. do still have a few quibbles. Um, I do still wish there was more of a story there that just is non-existent right now. Yeah. Like there, there's some mysteries, you know, I don't want to get too far into it, but like, you know, like you see a ghost of a character who is clearly not dead because uh, you meet up with them later. So it's like, what's going on? Why did you just see a ghost version of this? Uh, there's a pirate named Captain Crow uh, who shows up randomly uh, that you fight uh, his monsters, and uh, then it's like, well, what? Where is this coming from? What does this have to do with? And then, so there's there's like little story beats outside of just finding like those members uh, of people, the people that were on the airship with you at the beginning. Like yeah, there, there's more of a narrow narrative structure than just that, but it's still not really, still doesn't feel like a story to me. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can see that from especially when the main. When the main pillar of the gameplay is competing in a tournament, like the the there, that kind of limits the narrative that you can tell, like yeah. that you can really go through. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, I guess I I said I was bad at at the game uh, last week, yeah. but I think I'm getting better. And the way I'm the way I base that <laughs> the thing I base that off of is that so far when I've unlocked a new rank challenge, I've not really had any problem with it. Okay. So uh, that's like rank. It's awesome. Especially rank F and E were both like super easy. Rank D wasn't hard. Uh, rank C was, was a little bit like one of my monsters died, but it still wasn't like this huge challenge thing where like I was, you know, a lot of my monsters were dead or anything like that. So, so I think I'm better at it. <laughs> so, so with this, like I'm assuming you said that you had some aggravating areas and well, some, some areas where you, you significantly disliked it. Was that during the craggravation area? Yeah, I'm going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of working my way chronologically here, but yeah. So, okay. so at, at this point after at, with the doubt back and everything, this is also where you rescue uh, Eugene pool and, you meet up with a new character whose name is Dr. Lump, uh, which Dr. is Lump, which I assume is like a Dr. Slump reference. I don't even know who that is. Dr. Slump, Akira Toriyama. That's like his big thing before Dragon Ball. Nope. Don't know that one. Yeah. Really? That's weird. Cause you're like a big Toriyama guy. Dr. Yeah, Slump. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that when you said Dr. Lump, I was just thinking about like Dr. Pimple Popper and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> no. Ooh, Dr. Lump. No, they call me Dr. Lump. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, so Dr. Lump, which is, is it's got to be a Dr. Slump reference. Yeah, that makes sense. And he's a lump mage, so it's like a double pun. <laughs> he's, a, he's a lump mage, and he, he's a doctor, and he talks in like a stereotypical German accent. 
Um, yeah. So it's always like Z and like, you know, his W's or V's right. and stuff. You know, his like, the key to powerful monsters is monster synthesis. So, and of course, the German is a mad scientist. Like, of course, they would go with that stereotype. Yeah. And so anyway, once you get meet up with him, he goes back to the albatross and you talk to him and that's how you synthesize monsters. You, your monsters have to be level 10 before you can synthesize them, which I kind of get, I kind of understand, like, because they don't want you just immediately scouting a monster and then being able to synthesize it. And yeah. usually around the time of like Cragravation, the monsters that you encounter are past level 10 anyway, so it's not that big mm. of a deal. But initially, for those like first three areas especially, it's kind of obnoxious because I scout a monster and it's only like level four. And then I have to spend time leveling it up only to like synthesize it with something else, which once you synthesize it, it's back at level one. Okay. And so this was my my biggest quibble with the first Joker game too, was that it all just felt like unnecessarily grindy. Like it seemed like there was an easier and better way to do that. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I can see that. And so, yes, it's like when you synthesize them, yes, those monsters are stronger. And when they level up, they like get bigger gains, like defense, attack, stats, things like that. But still, it's like there's just something like kind of that I can't get into because it's like I get to a level 10. I'm going to synthesize it with another monster. I start back at one. Oh, no, I got to level it up again before I can tackle more of the story. And so it basically turns what would have been like a three hour game into like a 25 hour game just because you have to constantly be like synthesizing and grinding up levels. And that's not necessarily something that I want in a video game. Yeah. The games that put artificial barriers to, to finish like that are to, to continue. It's not even a barrier. It's that artificial lengthening where the gameplay isn't there, but you have to do the really repetitive thing. Kind of like you were talking about the end of Xenoblade Chronicles uh, 2 uh, Torna, where you didn't have anything to do. and It was just the community stuff where it <laughs> yeah. wasn't it wasn't anything that advanced the game. It wasn't, you know, paying a whole lot into the overall narrative. It was just busy work to get you to spend more time in that game. And it wasn't even, and like this with the synthesis, it's not even something where it feels like you are, and it might further on, it's just for me hearing it, it doesn't sound like Pokemon breeding where you're still left with the parents afterward uh, and a new baby. It's that you are, you know, resetting everything basically. And so it seems more frustrating than yes you are correct than what it should yeah and that's the big thing is that you don't keep the parents they disappear and so like one of my one of the monsters that i've synthesized now is a drake slime Mm -hmm. and this is like the second or third synthesis form that i've gone through of it and so it's a really good healer it can heal really well at least at this point in the game it has like zing and reheal and all this other stuff okay it's a really good it's pretty powerful like it can hit pretty hard if it just normally attacks but it also has access to like magic attacks that hit multiple enemies at once. So that's like my baby. That's like the MVP of my party. I have like kept this right. thing for hours now and I don't want to ever synthesize it because it's like, I like it. It's good. I know it's good. And right. I don't want to synthesize it with another monster and then have all that ruined. And so there's like, a yeah. ma- there's a major lack of incentive oftentimes with monster synthesis in this game because I don't want to lose parents, especially once I get to a monster that I'm attached to and I really like. 
Yeah, I actually had that problem in Persona 5 because of the way that you have to synthesize monsters. Like you you have your personas and you have to get rid of the you kill the ones that you uh that you want to make out of make the new one out of and I have avoided a lot of them because I only have one copy of the the parent quote unquote and it I don't want to get rid of it because it's my favorite favorite creature to use so it's like I don't like whenever I've worked on something and grown attached to it that I have to get rid of it just for the the sole purpose of moving forward with numbers yeah for I sure. want to be able to keep my starter Pikachu the entire way through. <laughs> or at least, you know, have it evolve where it's like the same monster. It's just evolved a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's my thing too. So I got a few more things to talk about. Like we got to get to isolation today, but before we do mm. that, I think it is time for a little shameless self-promotion. We're so shameless. We're so shameless. We need your help. We need your help. We need your cash. I, I, I don't know what to say about that song. It's, I don't know. It's not the worst thing you've done. <laughs> That's, but it's not. That it's, is true. But it's not the best. It's not my favorite. It's not. It's not the best. <laughs> it's like a mid-tier uh, shameless song. <laughs> like Garth Brooks. Oh. <laughs> <Aww. Aww. laughs> Garth Brooks is listening in, right now, and he's really offended. <laughs> if, if Garth Brooks is listening to this, hi, Garth. I'm sorry. We do have a Patreon page, which I'm going to let BJ tell you guys about. You can get all sorts of cool stuff at our Patreon page, like stickers and mugs and mini medals. And you can go to patreon.com slash dragonquestfm to get those. And if you stay a member and you stay a subscriber, you get cool stuff um, like the mugs. And then we're also working on a few uh, like RPG things uh, that you'll have early access to and uh, exclusive stuff as we get further into that. So uh, so patreon.com slash dragonquestfm. Yeah, for sure. I guess getting back over into Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2 here. Yeah, the monster, the whole monster synth- synthesis thing is really frustrating to me, especially whenever I think I'm going to get a cool monster and then it ends up being kind of awful. Uh, like, for instance, the uh, Boreal Serpent, which is like a giant blue dragon that looks really cool, right? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that in your party that you had posted. I was like, that's really awesome. Yeah, it takes up two slots instead of one, which means if it's there, I can only have it and a one-slot monster in my party at a time. Um, Okay. And to me, it's more powerful, yes, but it's not more powerful enough to compensate for having two monsters there. Oh, I gotcha. And so it just, I really regret because uh, I kind of I synthesized a couple of monsters that I really liked. Like I think I did like a a snowbird and a jargon. I think, and they were two of my favorite monsters at that time when I synthesized them. I think that's what it was that made the boreal serpent. And so I was really disappointed because as soon as I had that boreal serpent, I just wanted both of those monsters back. And so since then, I actually went back and synthesized a jargon again <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be in my party. And so uh, it, it was in that photo too that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and so, so I've got that one back, but it's just like, I don't think that it was worth it. And moving forward, like I'm definitely not going to try to get other enemies because there's apparently three slot. There's like three slot enemies, two slot enemies and one slot enemies. And to me, it's just like one slot enemies across the board are the way to go because 
the, my experience with the boreal serpent at least uh, makes me think that I'm never going to use two slot or three slot monsters again. <laughs> you should tr- have you tried three slot because that could be crazy powerful if they no, did them right. I, I have not synthesized a three slot monster yet. Um, and I have also not managed to scout a three slot monster. I think the three slot monsters are like the bosses and yeah. some of the big monsters that you have to go back for later on after you've like overpowered your party or like gotten to the credits the first time. Yeah, I get that. So I don't have any monsters that powerful yet. But, you know, a few people online t- recommended that I just stick with one slot uh, monsters. A couple of people rec- did recommend the uh, the uh, Boreal Serpent and... I actually had the guide for Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2 because I, you know, collect strategy guides. <laughs> yeah, I remember you showing a picture of that when it came in. And uh, and so I've had that that I've tried not to look at it too much because I don't actually like using them when I'm playing games. Yeah, I don't either. I like to look at them for the for the art, but I don't like to just sit there and like, you know, be pouring over a book the entire time I'm trying to play a game. I stopped that. The, the one that stopped me doing that was Final Fantasy Nine because of how terrible the uh, strategy oh my guide God. was. Yeah, because they were pushing the play online thing. Uh huh. When it was useless, I was like, well, I can just play this <laughs> anyway. I, I can just get through this. I hate this. So I stopped using them then, but I used to like it. Like Final Fantasy Seven and Eight, to go on a tangent here, those I enjoyed going through with a strategy guide, like finding stuff, not knowing it was there, which I do now afterward once I uh, read the strategy guide after I finished it. But nine i was like yeah i'm not doing this anymore and uh so like you now i just don't even bother with them while i'm sitting there i don't look at the same at it side by side anymore it was actually it was actually final fantasy 9 that made me quit as well because (laughs) because it was such garbage and it was it was total garbage and after that after i bought the, the strategy guide for that game i actually didn't buy them for a little while and then around the time that Final Fantasy XII came out on PS2 oh, and yeah. Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess came out, right. I was like, you know what? I really want the guides for this game. I don't think I'll use them. But like, And like Twilight Princess had like a nice collector's edition for it. And I was, oh, like, sure. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get these guides for like collector purposes and like for their art. But I, I don't like have to use them. And so that... Both of those games came out roughly around the same time. And so uh, that's what actually got me back into collecting it in like 2006-ish, I want to say is when that was. Yeah, I know it was 2000. It was either 2006 or 2007. And I'm thinking it was 2006 because I was out of college at that point and living back in Lawrenceburg. So I remember getting Final Fantasy 12 and trying it uh, when I was living with Luke. Yeah, but but yeah, Final Fantasy 9, which came out in like 2000, was definitely the reason why I quit buying strategy guides for a while. And there was a good like five, six years there that I just mm-hmm. didn't buy any because of Final Fantasy 9's horrible. I love that game, but that strategy guide is just awful. Like, Yeah, the strategy guide is Duke. And I'm trying to think like if I've actually bought any strategy guides since then, the uh, like I've looked at the ones that I've got in the back. I have them. I have them um, piled up in the floor over there with old ones, but Final Fantasy VIII, uh, I've got, like, I can't think of any that I bought after that, like, other than what may have come. When did Diablo II come out? Mm, Like, 2002? Like, 99 or 2000, I think. Oh, well, then, yeah, I mean, that may have been around the same time then, because I grabbed the battle chest of it, and it had a strategy guide with it, so... 
Yeah, I don't know if I've bought a strategy guide in the last 20 years, and it's because of Final Fantasy IX. <laughs> so yeah, I get it. I, I mean, like, I, I legitimately just save it for games I like now. Like, I usually, uh-huh. I'll buy the Zelda guides, and I'll buy, I'll buy, you know, I've collected the Dragon Quest ones, and I'll buy, usually buy the Final Fantasy ones. I've actually quit. Like, I didn't buy the Final Fantasy 15 strategy guide um, when it came out, so... So who knows? But I, I do try to collect them still, and and nowadays they hardly like make them anymore. So yeah, and so the ones I end up do having are are the smaller um, tip guide kind of things that come with some games, that kind of thing that may be included with the art book. Yeah, the guide going all the way back now. <laughs> uh, the guide for Dragon Quest Monsters Joker Two also recommended the Boreal Serpent uh, for at oh. that point of the game. Uh, not to disagree with whoever wrote those, that book, but they are wrong because I do not think the Boreal Serpent is really that good. Like I definitely think having two other monster, one slot monsters in the party is more advantageous than having a Boreal Serpent and one other monster. Well, it's really hard to balance those kinds of, of encounters and those kinds of creatures because you have to take into account like the different, uh, and I know you didn't play uh, WoW, but it may be the same in Final Fantasy fourteen. the difference in having like a two-handed weapon versus uh, a t- like as a healer or something, the two-handed weapon versus the, uh, the main hand and offhand. Like it's the, there's always a trade-off on it and there has to be a significant, benefit for using the the two-hander or something like that and so it's if it isn't um significantly better it's like why would you have like probably lower hit points uh fewer moves more uh limited resistances and uh like vulnerabilities and like it just seems like it would have to be super good to be worth taking up the extra slot yeah for sure I did like, before we go into isolation real quick, I did want to mention one thing that I did appreciate is the, you know, Don Mole is kind of all about like funk and soul and stuff. Mm-hmm. His, his little like companions or whatever, the little moles that serve him are all named after like a uh, famous jazz musician. So you have like, there's a, it's Duke, Miles and Billy. Nice. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's a good one. <laughs> But yeah, so after that, Dr. Slump, all this stuff, you do get to isolation. Isolation, there's really not a whole lot I can say about it. I didn't like it very much. Like I, the doubt back, the, the monster arena stuff, I liked isolation and then getting into Cragravation is kind of where I hit like a hitch in my enjoyment of the game. Because uh, right. for the longest time, I was really starting to get into it, really liking it. And then I got to isolation and it's just one of those like dreary snow areas, kind of like mm-hmm. the Heavensward expansion in Final Fantasy fourteen, <sighs> Moonbrook and Builders 2 that I just don't <laughs> like. I think I hate snow. I think that's what it is. I think I just hate snow. Well, but you've probably never played Ion Setsuna either, have you? It's a big one long snow level. Uh, no, I started to when I first got my Switch uh, and that game came out. I started to. But then I I kept reading like really mixed to negative reviews yeah, for the, very mixed for the game and I was just like yeah I think I'll skip it and then I just never like it was just off my radar for the next like three years. I totally wish that I could lend it to you because I got it on sale uh, one time during one of the Square Enix sales and uh, because it was supposed to be so much about like following up with Chrono Trigger Battle and stuff like that and I just couldn't get into it and part of the reason is just because of the monotonous snow that you're always going through and it's really not something i like looking at that much 
And I think that's part of it. It's like the snow, everything is white. There's usually not mm-hmm. like plants or things growing around. There's usually like gray mountains and there's mm-hmm. usually like gray or white skies. And so it's just like everything is just so washed out and samey. Yeah. I think maybe that's why I don't like snow in video games, but for whatever reason, isolation just, it didn't do it for me. It had some pretty cool stuff. Like there's Bjorn the Behemoth from Dragon Quest mm-hmm. Five shows up here. Uh, except well, that's he, cool. he's smaller, I guess. They call him Baby Bjorn. Oh. <laughs> yeah. um, and you fight him. And Isn't a Baby Bjorn something? Yeah. Isn't that a thing? Yeah, Baby Bjorn, like the carrier. That you yeah, okay, that's what that, yeah, 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 okay, I gotcha. Yeah. I was like, that, yeah, that's something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah cool, so, cool, 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 uh, cool, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> so I liked, uh, like, seeing seeing a behemoth was pretty cool, because that's a very memorable part of Dragon Quest V. And there was definitely some cool things about it. There's like, a weird mechanic, though, where you had to, like, run torches from a campfire to another campfire in order to, like, get the behemoth to, like, chase after it and collapse this ice. and. Yeah. If you got into too many fights along the way, the torch would vanish and you'd have to start back at the beginning. And so that mechanic coupled with the ice was pretty annoying. And the character that you're rescuing there, her name is Lily Glider. And she is absolutely atrocious. She is the worst. (laughs) Um, She's just like the stereotypical, like, you know, wears pink, high maintenance diva type character. Right. And... Like, it's just, she's really hard to deal with. I wanted to let her freeze to death in the snow. <laughs> and like every other Dragon Quest game, you're not allowed the choice to do with your companions what you want. Yeah. Like saving Malroth and Dragon Quest Builders 2 that I will never forgive them for. Yeah. So, and by the way, Dragon Quest Builders 2, you know, is coming to Xbox Game Pass now. We forgot it to is. mention that news at the beginning of the episode. But yeah, so that'll be good. Whole that'll be really life. awesome audience can play it and play it with xbox game pass so that's awesome yeah but yeah isolation just didn't really do it for me it's not it's it's more about the design than anything uh like i've gone back there to level up some of my like level one synthesized monsters since then and, yeah. and it, it's been okay and then it's just it's kind of just that one-two punch of isolation and then cragravation um was a little bit better like you start off more of a desert you're like like at the foot of a mountain and there's like a desert area with like the scorpion enemies and stuff. Right. I love desert areas for some reason. And like then, I don't like snow areas, but man, you make it tan and sandy. I'm good. Desert is, is about 50, 50 for me. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I hate it, but this, you don't say desert very long. Like once you climb uh-huh. up a couple of levels, it starts getting snowy again. And then by the time you get to like the zip portal, uh, it's all snowy and like foggy and hard to see stuff. Um, mm. And so, so Cragravation closely followed by Isolation was just kind of like a not ideal kind of situation for me. It just was kind of like two areas that I didn't really like. You also, I don't understand this this monster. Uh, you know the Griffin monsters in Dragon Quest that have like the wings, yeah, and like they usually have like an eye in the middle of their forehead and like a tongue yep. dangling out of their beaks. The enemy in this one is called Jamiris. Jamiris? And I don't understand that. I went to school with a Jamiris, so the whole time I was fighting this thing, I was like, forgive me, Jamiris. <laughs> I, I don't know that one. Now, I don't... That one, I really do not... That one doesn't ring a bell for anything for me. Yeah, it's just like a name. I was like... Yeah, I, I mean, get... like, I don't know. Maybe... I, my mind immediately went to Chimera, but that is not 
anywhere near what those are or yeah. that. Like Jamiris, no, I don't know. Maybe Jamiris's dad worked on Dragon Quest Builders too in Tennessee, so. in rural Tennessee, in Five Points, Tennessee. <laughs> he was he was uh, uh, remote yeah. remote working on uh, Joker too. Yeah, yeah. So that about does it, I guess, for this week's episode. Uh, I'm sure. Next week, maybe I'll even have beaten the game because the whole thing that started with me flipping through the guide to to find out about the Boreal Serpent is I just opened it up to see how far through the game I was because it felt like once you get to the unsure, like I felt like everything was kind of starting to wrap up already. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is like a really short game. But I flipped through it and it looks more like I'm probably halfway through uh, at least in terms of the guide itself, like I'm about halfway through the game uh, for the walkthrough Which, portion. So, so this time next week, uh, I may have completely beaten it. You may have, and then that'll be interesting to see if you have gotten hooked enough on this to go into the end game and doing post game stuff. Yeah, I'm thinking no, <laughs> maybe, but, but that might change. Yeah, my, my yeah, opinion I mean, on it might change. I mean, I have a lot of games will get you by the end of it. it's like you know what I am having a good time and I don't want this to end. Yeah, so so we shall see. We will see how how much I like it uh, later. Yeah. On. Uh, thank you guys, though, for listening to this week's episode. Remember, if you want to talk to us directly on Twitter, you can. We're on Twitter at DragonQuestFM. You can find us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash DragonQuestFM. And if you want to talk to me directly, you totally can. I am on Twitter at DragonQuestin. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege. You can listen to my other podcast, the geek to geek podcast, every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central. And if you want to join us on Slack and Discord, you can go to geek2geekmedia.com for the invite links and uh, hang out with us. That'd be great. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Welcome, everybody, to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. And I'm Beach. And this week, we're continuing our discussion on Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2. Uh, I'm still playing it. I did not actually get as far into it this past week as I wanted to because Pokemon Snap came out. <laughs> yep. I totally understand that, too. And I played it a lot. I noticed last night, my family and I have been playing it, Pokemon Snap, like yeah. every every day a lot, especially in the evenings, all together. Um, it's a game that everybody likes. My wife likes it. I like it. Naomi likes it. Even the three-year-old twins like it because they don't have to worry about dying. They can just like spam the A button. Yeah, they can just throw fruit at Pokemon and make them cry. Yeah. Well, they don't know they don't know that quite that complicated of stuff, but they, yeah. can, they definitely know how to like look around and the A like takes photos. So yeah, that's it's awesome. Been, it's been a lot of fun. And last night we we're playing it after the kids went to bed and I realized that we have put like almost 16 hours into it. Wow. Since Friday. Yeah. And this is Wednesday. So in a little a little less than a, a week. So which is a pretty good chunk of video game time for me. But also explains why I have not gotten much further as far into Joker 2 as I wanted to. Yeah, you got distracted from your monster hunting because you went monster hunting. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought, you know, I said last week that I was pretty sure I was going to have it beaten by yeah. this time next week. 
Um, and I didn't. And Pokemon Snap is one of the reasons for that. The other reason is because I got to a boss that completely kicked my butt. Uh, and we're going to talk about that too. <laughs> but before we do all of that, we actually have a new Patreon patron that needs a real nice thank you. William Hand, you seem like a real hands-on dude because you came on here and gave us subscription and yay! And your name is Hand. Woo! Thanks. <laughs> yeah, thank you, William, for uh, for being our newest patron. We really appreciate you and all of our Patreon patrons. Uh, you guys are all awesome. We don't say that enough. We should make a point of saying that every episode because our patrons are awesome you are fantastic and this month uh, specifically all of the wonderful patreon money that y'all had has gone to registering the dragonquest.fm website so thank you so very much this is how we stay in business <laughs> and by business i've been talking into microphones at you about dragon quest that's right that's right so i think last week uh, we had kind of talked about Cragravation, and uh, I had mentioned that I was at the Unsure. Um, I do want to say I feel super bad. The last couple of episodes that we've done, after those episodes, I I, I feel like I'm offending people because I get like messages or tweets from people yeah. who, are like, who are like, why don't you like this more? Or like trying to get me to like it more. Aww. And I feel like I'm letting people down. <laughs> Well, that's how I felt about Parade Gate in Dragon Quest XI, where I don't like the Sylvando part where everybody goes on the parade and then the new stuff of leading up to it, where I just don't like it. And I got so much, so so many messages about it. It's like, how how are you? You're a robot. Like, how do you how do you not like this? And so I, I feel you. I understand yeah. that. It's not. And people weren't being mean about it. It's just like they were. Dragon Quest Joker means a lot to people. And so yeah, people were like trying to get me more into it. They weren't being mean about it at all. I was just like, hey, maybe try this and you'll like it more. Or are you sure you don't like this? Because, you know, this is great because of ABC kind of stuff. And, you know, I couldn't really argue with them because, yeah, the game is great because of that. Just for whatever reason, you know, I have not enjoyed it as much as a lot of people seem to. And I mean, those kind of things actually are the messages that I like, because when someone points out features or details that I might have glossed over or not really given enough uh, enough weight in the quality of the game, it can actually affect the way that I go back and play games and uh, and really appreciate them because I'm I, I actually Persona games did that. I know you don't like them, but uh, that was one of the things that I had a lot of people just explain to me why they liked them uh, and like go in, get this far in, and then this, 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 and this will happen. And once I was able to see stuff like that and be like, okay, I know what to expect. I know how to, how to work around these certain things. It actually increased my enjoyment like tenfold because I, uh, I didn't like it at all really. And so when people do that, it really helps me. So maybe it does for you, too. Maybe it will for you, too, as you move through the last bit of this. Yeah. For whatever reason, I think I was at the Unsure uh, at the end of our discussion last week. And the Unsure, obviously, I'm going to like it more. It's a beach. It's yeah, the ocean. you and your water stuff, man. Yeah, it's the beach. It's the ocean. It's It's way better than, you know, the ice and the snowy dreariness of... of Craggravation and of I'll isolation. give you that. I don't like areas like that too often, but like they're not my favorite parts. But yeah, after going through the snow and the uh, the kind of desolation there, yeah, absolutely, a beach is much nicer to yeah. be in. It's streets ahead. 
What? No. Uh, community? No, I don't even remember, no. Pier- Pierce tries to make that a thing, streets ahead. If you have to ask, then your street's behind. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. It's nope. like a huge thing like- community. <laughs> oh, anyway, my wife and I now say that things are streets ahead as a joking yeah. way. Yep, yes. that one, that one, not not something I remember at all. For it's been years and years. We were still at the college whenever I watched any Community at all. Yeah, oh, I gotcha. She actually so I don't got me. Much. She actually got me a Streets Ahead shirt uh, last <laughs> year or two years ago. That's awesome. But I don't wear it very much because it has Chevy Chase's face on it. Because yeah. his character Pierce is the one that did it, and I don't feel good about Chevy Chase. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so. It's a really funny shirt, and I still I wear it around the house and stuff. But it's not like my streets ahead shirt is not a shirt that I. Just I mean, wear. that's why I haven't gone back and watched it actually after learning that uh, that Chevy Chase is so terrible. I have a hard time watching him be that terrible uh, on purpose on the show. But see, the rest of the cast is so good. They're so good. Oh, I know. I love everything else about it, and the writing is so good, and just everything is fantastic. I've not rewatched it since this is a really long tangent, I know, but I haven't watched it since they they removed the D&D episode, the really good one. Yeah, they did. I actually did. OK, I take it back. I did go back and watch that one when we first started getting into D&D and uh, I had to find it on Amazon. Uh, it was on Prime. Oh, I think it was Prime because Netflix it? took it off. Yeah, they took it off because of of Ken Ken Jong being dressed like a drow. They said it yep. was too much like blackface, which and I'm really like super progressive and like try to and like see a lot of stuff like that. I was like, yeah, that needs to be taken down. And I'm like, dude's a drow. It's but like, that's, that's a, not. Yeah, no, but that one was a step too far for me. Yeah. I was the same way. I'm like, come on, and and even that's the whole thing is like he shows up there and they're like, whoa, dude, like maybe don't wear that. He's like, but I'm a drow. Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of, they hung a lantern on it. Like, it was like pointing out just how absurd that was. And then it's, yeah, that's a step too far for me. And I'm pretty okay with a lot of stuff like that. Taking it down, let me say that. I'm pretty okay with that having that stuff taken down. Let me clarify there. Yeah, I just... I just, I don't know, it's such a good episode. You know, they played D&D to, like, save this person's life. Like they literally, it's to keep this guy from killing himself. Yeah, and, and it's really, really good. And if you haven't seen it, you really should. I haven't gone back and watched the second one, um, whatever fine. the second one is. But uh, yeah, it was fine. I remember they tried to recreate what was so crazy good about the other one and failed, but made it, it's fine, it's good, but I haven't gone back to see it. Se- the second one's fine. The first one is like some of the best like TV ever. Like it's just, it's super good. It's It's just magnificent. Yeah, they did such a good job. Yeah. So anyway, really long community tangent aside here. So Unsure, it's pretty cool. Um, again, there's more Dragon Quest VIII uh, references here. There's Calamari, the big octopus mm-hmm. uh, boss. He's a boss here. You go around his tentacles, and it's not tentacles. It's ten tickles, like tickles. <laughs> Pop up out of the ground, and you got to <laughs> take care of them and stuff. <laughs> and so all of that is pretty cool you know i like i like aquatic animals i like you know the beachy style i liked unsure like there's not really a whole lot i can say about unsure other than the fact that yes i liked it yes it was better than the other stuff and and this is where i was last week i was at the beginning parts of it because that's kind of where the 
you know, I'd said last week that I liked the game and then there were parts I didn't like about it, which was isolation, craggravation. And then, um, and then it was, you know, back to liking it again. And this is kind of all of that. So with that area, with, uh, um, with the beach area, have you, is it like pirate stuff and ships or is it just like ocean stuff? I don't want to do story spoilers. I said that last week, but there is, there is a pirate named Captain Crow that shows up every so often. And he was actually in the first Joker game as well. And from what I can tell, I think he appears randomly. It's like whenever you go to the world map, it's like all of a sudden he'll engage your party in combat. Huh? And like try to take all your gold and stuff. I mean, as a pirate, pirate. yeah, you're not like going out on the seas, being a pirate, that kind of thing. No, Uh, no, you're in an airship and there is kind of Captain Rex Mayday that I talked about is definitely kind of a a pirate dude. But yeah, it's not like it's not like Slime Mori Mori 3 where you're like on pirate ships going out over the water and things like that. No. Yeah. And the reason I asked that is because when we're talking about this and me deciding to play it, those kinds of areas tend to put me off of playing a game and make me uh, not want to play them because I don't like pirate narratives that much. Um, I realized this recently as I was watching uh, critical role and there were 12 episodes in a row where they had like stolen a boat and then became pirates for a while and um, that's like 50 hours of pirate stuff. And my brain was just like, we please stop this. Please get back on land. And uh, so when I see areas like that in games, I'm always like, oh, please make this be a very short area. But I when they're you. oceans and beach, I get it. I like that. It's actually pirate narratives. I've realized where where you're out on the seas uh, doing stuff uh, like that. Just having the entire setting be a boat. I don't like that. That's the part I don't like the, uh, the islands and, and ocean stuff. That's cool to me. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. So this that's one, why I was curious about that. Yeah. This one is like exploring like coves and like, like sea caves and, and, right. beach and stuff. Yeah. That's what this is. You also yeah, might like cool. it because, uh, this is where, uh, skeletons, the little skeleton dragons. Yeah. Uh, you can start encountering those here. Have you captured those? Well, I, I guess rallied those. I don't have a skeleton. No, I really like the slime stuff. Like I spend a lot of time synthesizing slimes. Like I have, I still have my Drake slime that I'm I'm like never going to get rid of. He's like level, like, I don't even know right now. He he's very close to 30. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's super, he's leveled up really high. Um, And then I have a behemoth slime that that I've gotten attached to that I've only recently I've only recently synthesized him. I actually synthesized him to get a metal slime knight. Yeah. Uh, which seems to be which doing pretty seems good. pretty awesome. Yeah. And then the boreal serpent, you know, I'd complained about the boreal serpent a bit last yep. week, but he actually got pretty good. He actually came in clutch a few times uh, for me. Right. Uh, like when, when some of the harder, when I encountered some of the harder enemies and I should have mentioned this last week too, that he was pretty good in the fight with uh, Gimmon or Gamon, however you want to say it. It's Jamiris's dad, not okay. Jamiris's fake dad that works in five points and worked on this game, but like Jamiris's <laughs> real dad in the in the game. Anyway, it was really he was really good because Gimmon he does this attack where it's like it's like an ice breath attack. Okay. And I don't know if every boreal serpent does this or if it's just because the boreal serpent that I bred has uh, has like ice moves. 
But because of that, he absorbed the damage, so it would always heal him. So with that boss fight, that boss, it made it super easy. I had my Boreal Serpent there, and I had my Drake Slime as the, mm-hmm. in the third slot. And they, they, really, uh, they really worked in that fight good. And then, But I was still like, okay, I don't like the Boreal Serpent all that much. And then after, after getting the Boreal Serpent up to like level, like I don't know, I guess I was close to level 20 with the Boreal Serpent. That's right. I was like, okay, this... This is starting to pay off a little bit, even though he's a two slot monster. Like this boreal serpent is really can really like take take hits now and can really like give out hits. right. Like kind of not 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 makes it worth it, but uh not something that you might choose normally, but with it 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 made a big difference and you were okay with it. Yeah, like I kept I kept the board for example, uh since we talked last week, I also got a red dragon, uh, which is Ooh. a two slot monster. I know, right? But I kind of like the Boreal Serpent better. And maybe it's because the Boreal Serpent was like a higher level. So I, I'm thinking about synthesizing right. the Red Dragon, which is maybe stupid. Somebody listening might be like, don't do it. <laughs> that, that, I mean, I'm just, I don't even play the game and know enough about like rarities and how you get them. But I'm like, why would you get rid of your dragon? It's like, but it's, it's a big red dragon. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but unsure, it was pretty good. Liked it. Uh, just like we talked about last week, you do go back and get some of like the the other rank uh, rank fights in Donald's right. Arena. Um, so you do like rank B and rank A are like two that you can do back to back. And rank rank B, rank A were definitely tougher. But I think because of I did a lot of grinding uh, mm-hmm. around the unsure and stuff. Because I think I even mentioned last week that I was like kind of afraid my party was getting under leveled right but, um but anyway so i did I, I did a lot of grinding and you know i enjoyed the unsure so i didn't mind hanging out there and grinding levels for a little bit so all that was pretty good um the stuff that really slowed me down is that after that uh there's a place called the bemusoleum which is not bemusing hmm. at all <laughs> yeah that's what i was like the pun is the pun being bemused yes it okay. is it's basically like it's these ruins and it's okay. You like you know, ruins. Yeah. But you know how in a lot of games, Final Fantasy 12 is the one that always comes to my mind. But in a lot of games, there's always like these ruins and they're dark and they're like underground and they're overly long. And it's like toward the end of a game. Mm-hmm. You know how a lot of RPGs yeah. do that. Okay. Well, that's I think ma- of Final Fantasy 10 doing that. Uh, when with those some of those dungeons you go through the the shrines of the faith or whatever they're called, that's what oh, okay. I think of with uh, when you think of the overly long kind of ruins dungeons. Gotcha. See, and I always think of there's this big lighthouse, Pharos Lighthouse in Final Fantasy XII that you have to climb up uh, that you're in for like a really long time, and a lot of stuff happens. But anyway, this is like that. This is like one of those really overly long kind of like ruins dungeons where it's mm-hmm. just like okay, like there's. There's things you have to do, like there's buttons you push. Um, like the game will be like, do you want to push this yellow button? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. It's not my kind of thing. So after being at the unshore yeah. and being all like, yay, then I get to like that that close to the end game, overly long dungeon section now. And so it was like, okay. So this this is where it really slowed me down over the last week of right. playing was because I... It wasn't necessarily that the monsters here were hard. It's just that I didn't like this part of the, I didn't like this part of the story. Didn't like this part of the game. Right. I don't know. It just, it wasn't my thing. So that held me up a little bit. My main problem 
though after the Bemusoleum. And there's some okay, and there's some I have to I was about to go on to the, the rank S fight, but there is a really, really cool uh enemy here, a cool boss. Yeah. Called Sagittar. It's like this killing machine, but like with a but it's like a centaur, but a killing huh. machine. Like the top half is like this it looks like a Roman type killing machine, and then its bottom yeah. half is like a robotic white horse. Huh. I'm trying to find how do you spell it? It's like S A G I. Oh yeah, there it is. That does look really neat. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, he was tough, man. Like he hits, he hits multiple times. Like like your whole party members get hit. Like bum 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 bum. He can really deal out damage. Thankfully, I had like I have like buff and stuff. Right. Um, cub buff. So at this point, so it made it a little bit easier because you know I'm taking less damage at that point. Uh, but more than anything, that was just like a really cool looking boss. Like, I really like that. That one's really cool. And then you sent me a a picture of like a slime that lived, like a hermit crab slime in a giant like slime, like a giant crab exoskeleton. Okay, yes. Like, and that one looks super cool. That's actually, besides Pokemon Snap, that's actually, his name is like Kanzar, and that's okay. actually reason number two that I did not end up beating this game over the week. <laughs> <laughs> that um, hard, huh? Yeah, well, so here's the thing. So after the Bemusoleum stuff, you do the, uh, like, the rank S challenge or whatever. Yeah. Okay, there's maybe a small spoiler here, so, like, skip ahead 30 seconds if you're afraid of story spoilers, because I know I said I wasn't going to give any, but this one's kind of a spoiler. So maybe skip ahead if you need to, uh, 30 <laughs> seconds. So anyway, you end up actually fighting Don Mole. Okay. Um, and As the rank S. And he's pretty tough, yes, in, in the for the Monster Scout Challenge. Uh, you fight Don Mole, and he's he's pretty tough. I mean, he was he was hard anyway, but the difference here is that uh, there's no... Whenever you're doing the Monster Scout Challenge, there's no break right. between fights. Like, you can heal people. Um, you can heal your party members by throwing out medicinal herbs, and, like, you know, they can heal themselves and things like that. So that, that's yeah. all really cool, but you don't get there's no like break to go and like fully heal back up or anything between fights right so so spoiler over for anybody that skipped ahead but anyway after that spoilery character you also have to fight kanzar okay and kanzar okay he's like this giant behemoth slime inside of this metal crab suit i love it and like he, he, like I just I just love that it's like a slime being a mollusk and like this just giant crab mech. I said, you know, last last week maybe that whenever you finish the rank S, like I assume that was you beating the game. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Okay. <laughs> I was wrong. Uh, there is more game after this. But Kanzar, yeah, he's really tough. He's just he's really strong, but he's also like he can really take a hit. Like even mm. even my boreal serpent, who was my hardest hitting party member at that point, was like not causing the damage that I would have have expected him to hit. Oh, he also he has this move that's called like Boulder Boulder Bash, I think is what it's called. Right. Okay. That like totally killed a couple of my party members just in like a single hit like it hits like one of your party members and it just it 
bam, hits him. He also has Disruptive Wave, which is maybe the most annoying thing any Dragon Quest boss can have. What? Disruptive Wave. I don't know what that one is. Disruptive Wave is the is the thing that they do, especially in older Dragon Quest games, but uh, it's... Wait, is that the one that like, stuns and confuses? No, it removes all your buffs. It removes everything from your party. Oh, members. yeah, I hate that. Yeah. I didn't actually remember the name of it. Yeah. So after after I have worked to like buff up my whole party, then this happens. He does Disruptive Wave, and then if he does Boulder Bash, it's just like, boom, I'm dead. And yeah. so I, I totally my party wiped on this. Like this is this is why I did not beat the game. The, my party wiped. I went and and grinded some levels for a while. I think this is where I spent some time doing monster synthesis again as well. Mm. Went back to try to do it again. And keep in mind, there's other things you know you have to fight before Kanzar here. And so right. I would get to Kanzar again, and then he killed my party. And I seriously oh. did this like three times. And after the third time, I was like, you know what? I'm done. Yep. That <laughs> is. So yep. I didn't I didn't quit completely. Then yesterday, so then yesterday before we were recording, you know, I was talking to you about how I was like grinding up levels and mm-hmm. and you know, taking on this boss again. And we were talking about it a, a whole lot. And then uh finally though, I'm happy to say this whole thing ends on a positive note. I was able to to take down Kanzar nice good oh i do have to mention something else annoying about him okay is that whenever you go to hit him to kill him he retains one health for for another turn oh that stinks yeah and so (laughs) and so so yeah anyway he's just he looks super cool but he is not a very fun boss fight like even even a move that would normally kill him, like you go to boom, and then it just it'll drop him down to one, and then you have to go again to try to kill him. Wow, that's that's really annoying. Like, and I hate anything in the Dragon Quest games in particular that does one hit kills. That when either a you know I hate thwack and whack, and um, whenever an opponent uses them, I don't use them that much because of the failure rate, but. Yeah. I I hate it when the attack is so powerful, like after the disruptive wave, when they use their their second attack to do that, because it's just not fun. Like you can do a butt ton of damage and I'm a okay with it. The moment that you one hit kill one of my characters from full health, it just becomes where, well, annoying to the point where I don't even enjoy it. It's like, well, now I've got a zing and it's probably going to fail and I got to waste all of these turns while you try to kill me. It's like low health, great. Let me have one hit point, and if something else kills me, wonderful. But if it's a one hit kill, I just get so angry at it and be like, "That's cheap." Like yeah. that's just well. And Kanzar's Boulder Bash. It's not that it's a one hit kill. It's just that it's such a strong move, so strong, that, right? Yeah. So it's not like a it's not like a you're always gonna die kind of thing. But yeah, I'm the same way. That's actually one of the most the frustrating thing about Yakuza Like a Dragon is that the next to final boss has an insta-kill move. And if he does it to Ichiban, then your whole... If Ichiban gets KO'd, the whole party wipes, which is an an annoying mechanic in and of itself. I hate when games do that. I know. Persona's that way. That was actually one of the things, like when I... Persona 5, at least, where I was uh, thinking about about the insta-kills because I was having a really hard time in a dungeon on it. uh, A boss... Or maybe it was a regular enemy. I think it was a regular enemy. Insta-killed jo- uh, Joker. 
and a hand joker. And it, uh, I didn't realize that if he died every, like the game was over. Yeah. And it's so friggin' annoying. It's like you have a party for a reason. Yeah, exactly. I know. And and that's one of the things about Yakuza that annoyed me is if Ichiban got KO'd, then your whole party got a game over. And um. adding to that frustration is that the next to last boss has an insta-kill move. And if he hits Ichiban with it, then it's just the whole party wipes. And there's like three hours of cutscenes. And even if you skip through those cutscenes, it takes you 10 minutes of just hitting the skip button over and over again to get Ugh. back there. So it's really frustrating. And like I almost didn't beat Yakuza like a dragon because of this. But thankfully, I read online, I started looking up strategies of how to beat yeah. this guy. And Ichiban has a move where a, a, like a normal move that would have KO'd him doesn't. Yeah. As long as this like is in effect. And thankfully, the job that he learns that on, it's been so long since I played and beat this game now, I can't even remember what the move is called. But, it, but thankfully, the job, I leveled it up high enough that I had that ability. Yeah. And so I, I was able to use it. And so I would just keep that up on Ichiban. Like it, it goes away after like three turns, I think. Yeah, um, but you can keep it up. So, uh, I would, so I would keep it up so that it wouldn't kill me if I got hit. If the other right. characters got hit, they would be dead. But, you know, Ichiban always survived. And that's how I got through the fight. Man, I'm glad to know that because I haven't played it yet, but it's sitting right beside my PlayStation. So I'm uh, I'm very glad to know it because that would that just straight up make me turn it off. Yeah, still a great game. Still the best game I played all of last year. Right. Um, still, you know, one of the best JRPGs I've ever played. But that part in particular is annoying. And anyway, getting back into Monsters Joker 2 here. So finally, finally yesterday, I was able to beat Kanzar. And... I, it's one of those things, you know, in a video game where you play, you finally beat a boss that maybe you've tried at, or maybe the boss fight takes a really long time. And so then mm-hmm. once, once you beat it, you're just kind of done for now. Yeah. That's how, that's how I've been. So I haven't played it after. Earthbound did that to me. Oh, really? Uh, I remember that back in the day, there was a boss. I don't remember the boss now, but it was right before the dinosaur area. And I finally beat this boss i'd had trouble with i walked into the new area and saw dinosaurs like yeah this is cool i'm not gonna do this right now and just didn't go back for a good long time like i think it was months that i started playing other things and then came back and beat it but i was just like i know exactly that feeling you mean yeah so for so yeah i just i finished that fight and it was like after 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 trying three times and then failing and then finally getting through all of this and yeah. like grinding and getting through all of this. I was just kind of done for now, mm-hmm. but for all the people who have been listening and who listened last week and were like, Austin, man, I wish you liked this game more. How can you not like this game more? I do want to say I do like it. I have enjoyed it more this past week. Um, even right. with the, some of the frustrations of being in the Bemusoleum and, and, you know, get my butt handed to me by Kanzar. I have enjoyed Monsters Joker 2 more again now. It feels like it did back before I got stuck through all the like isolation, aggravation things. <laughs> yeah. And so I am I am excited to see where the game finishes because um, I, I flipped through, you know, I mentioned that I had the guide, but I'm trying not to use it. Right. I flipped through after after that because I was like, wow, you know, there's still there's still some game left here. I thought when I beat the rank S fight, like that would be the end. And I am According to the guide's walkthrough, at least, I am getting very close. Like, it's only like another, like, probably five to ten pages of the guide itself. 
but there is like a new area and some other stuff it looks like um i didn't try to i didn't try to concentrate on it too hard because i don't want stuff spoiled for me (laughs) understandably so i mean when you look at stuff like that it's very easy to see something it's like oh yeah so hopefully this time next week i will have had it had it beaten we'll see um next next week is my second covid shot um, yeah, which, which from pretty much everybody, uh, it's a real doozy or I, I don't Do you know. know which one you got. You got Pfizer, right? I got Pfizer and it seems like most of the people who have trouble are the Moderna people. Yeah. Now I, okay. I had Pfizer as well. I just hit my two weeks, uh, last Wednesday, uh, a week ago today. And this, uh, what I had was being really tired the day of, um, fairly, fairly tired for like the next four days. And then on the fifth day, felt like I got hit with a really, really bad cold and some chills and uh, mild body aches that lasted through the next day. And then I woke up, you know, the previous, you know, I woke up on the uh, the day where it was like all kicked in, you know, supposed to be the two weeks and I felt energetic and great. So it's just different for everybody, but mine were still super minor compared to the people I know who've had the Moderna one. Yeah. Gotcha. So anyway, just going to throw in that little caveat here that there is a chance when we record next week that I will not feel good and that I will have not beaten this game because of that. Right. So we may end up having to talk about something different next week. But for now, I fully expect to get to the end and express all of my kind of final thoughts here for Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2 next week. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be really cool. I'm excited to see how you feel about this being the first Monsters game that you beat. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm excited to get there as well. Um, remember, if you want to talk to us directly on Twitter, you can find us at DragonQuestFM. If you want to talk to us on Patreon, you can at patreon.com slash DragonQuestFM. And you can even join our Patreon community like William Hand did. Ah, William! If you want to talk to me directly, you can find me on Twitter at DragonQuestin. And you can find me on Twitter as at Professor Beej. You can listen to my other podcast, the Geek to Geek podcast, uh, wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, <laughs> new episodes come out Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central. And this week I'm talking about writing D&D modules. Uh, we also talk about uh, pretty much everything on our Slack and Discord. So go to geek2geekmedia.com for Slack and Discord invites. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Welcome, everybody, to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. I'm BJ. And this week, we are finishing up our discussion for Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2. So you're going to hear my final thoughts on it. Uh, We also asked on Twitter what other people thought. That way, this doesn't become just what Austin thinks of the game. (laughs) (laughs) Which would be kind of funny at this point. Yeah, and so so other people are going to have a chance to share what they think of Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2. But before we get into that, we should mention Dragon Quest 12 is totally going to get shown footage of on on May 26th. It'll be May yeah, 26th there's, by the time. 
there's definitely something going on. They would not because you see this morning as we're recording this, they've announced the 35th anniversary live stream that, you know, we've known about uh, that's coming up. And then it's going to be simultaneously broadcast across the world and translated into English at the same time, which is something they have never done. So we're fairly certain that there is a big announcement coming because we have finally hit a pretty decent Dragon Quest saturation over here because they've pushed Dragon Quest 11S uh, like they did uh, Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, and the other thing to think about too is that the the way the broadcast is set up. So it, it's technically the 27th in Japan, which is the 35th anniversary, but it's it's... It's like 11 p.m. my time on the 26th. Yeah. So it's like right there on the cusp. Yeah, it's sleepy time uh, for me. There's no way I'm going to be. It's a, it's 1030 p.m. for me. And I'm like, I'm not. There's no way I'm going to be able to stay awake for that. But because of because of this, you know, it's like it's they're going to have live translations going on uh, during the broadcast. But also it's already been announced that the portion that's going to be translated is after the stuff where they're talking about like Dragon Quest 10 and the Japanese only stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't see that part. That's really interesting. Yeah. So for the folks who are excited for Dragon Quest 10 in the West, it maybe isn't a good sign there. Yeah, if they're not translating that part of it, yeah. Sorry, guys. I gave up on that. <laughs> a yeah, long time I mean, ago. I have to. I see a lot of stuff on Twitter about it, and you know, I really, really hope that that happens, but I don't think it's ever going to. Yeah, same for me. I gave up on that dream. My Unless dream, Dragon my dream Quest is Twelve <laughs> is an MMO, we'll probably get that one. Yeah, and I don't think it will be. I don't know. Like the more I think about it, like I don't think it will be. But the more I think about it, I could definitely see them doing it after it being 10 years of 10 and then them uh, doing a die regular game, normal single player game. I could see 12 fitting in that kind of a niche there. Yeah, I don't know. I think I've been saying for a long time Dragon Quest 12 was going to get shown at this thing. You didn't believe me. A lot of people didn't believe me when I said it a year ago. And more people, I think, believed me the last time we discussed Dragon Quest 12 on the show. But seriously, guys, it's going to happen. I know it is. If it doesn't happen, then I, I don't know. I will catch all my Dragon Quest games on fire as a punishment to myself for getting my hopes up. <laughs> and you will live stream it. You've heard it here, folks. You're it's, watching Austin destroy thousands of dollars worth of merchandise on it, the 27th. It's basically like video game self-flagellation at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was wrong. Ah, I got to punish myself. Anyway, I'm very hopeful. And I really seriously think Dragon Quest 12 stuff is coming uh, that day. So, Which is excited. something I don't hear from you very often. So I'm hopeful. I'm like, oh, who are you? Oh, that I'm being optimistic about uh -huh. something? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All of that Dragon Quest news aside, uh, we got to wrap up our discussion about Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2. Now, Last week, uh, we had talked about how I got through like the S rank fights and I'm trying to still be as, as spoiler free as possible for story stuff. Right. But there, there may be a few more spoilers in this episode than there have been. I'm still going to try to keep them to a minimum, but it's also kind of hard to talk about like an ending and like final thoughts on something without. Right touching on just a few spoilers. Yeah, I mean, it's almost impossible to talk about the end game of something without uh, spoiling something for someone. So basically picking up from where we left off last week, 
uh, there really wasn't a whole lot of game left. It was basically me needing to grind up a lot, getting prepared for the final stuff. Right. And so this meant that there was, there was a new location called the Necropolis uh, that opens mm. up. It's called the Necropolis, so you just know it's going to be like really inviting and like bright and happy, right? Yeah, I'm thinking unicorns and rainbows. Uh, maybe you're hopping around on clouds. Yeah, exactly. That I, That's just what I think about when I think about Necropolis. Huh. I definitely don't think about like darkness and death. <laughs> I don't see why you would. And so... So this area, though, it came in pretty handy. And I know you and I, I texted you about this the day whenever I was sending you like a couple of like screenshots of mm-hmm. the game about like that I did this already, but I hadn't mentioned on the show. So essentially what I did here is there's liquid metal slimes that you can stumble yep. upon in the necropolis, especially in this one area that's pretty close to a zip point. Uh, so you can just go there, you know, automatically once you teleport in. Yeah. And because they're pretty frequent there and they give like a lot of experience, like tens of thousands of experience, like 30,000, I think it is, experience. And so because of that, it made a pretty good area to like grind. And so basically what I did, and this was my strategy for the very end of Dragon Quest Eight as well, whenever I was like, because I, I don't really like Dragon Quest Eight that much. And so I wanted to get to the ending though. And so I just kind of like, instead of focusing on other things, especially in this game, like with monster synthesis, I just like put my nose to the grindstone and started farming uh, metal slimes, liquid metal slimes in this case, to just kind of really level up my monsters fast and just kind of start ignoring monster synthesis. Yeah, and I don't blame you. You had a good team. You had something that was working for you. And if you didn't enjoy that part, why bother? Now, can you scout the liquid metal slimes? Can you get metal slimes in your party? Uh, You can. I did not ever try because I was like, do I want to metal try to get a metal slime monster and probably not get it? Or do I want 30,000 experience? And <laughs> I always went with the experience. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. I did have, you know, I mentioned last week, I did have a metal slime knight in my party. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually the metal slime knights were kind of the key to getting a good team and getting me to where I needed to be. Oh. Because the red dragon that I mentioned I mentioned that I had in my party last week that I wanted to trade out quickly because I had too many, like, two-slot monsters. Um, I actually managed to uh, breed that one with a Metal Slime monster. Hmm. Metal Slime Knight, sorry, Metal Slime Knight, uh, to get get the Metal Dragon, which was pretty cool and and is a one-slot. And then... Uh, I had uh, used the metal slime, another metal slime, because once once you metal figure slime out, metal, metal slime night, yeah, thank you. Once okay. you figure out, once you figure out like the synthesis chains in this game, like it's pretty easy to be like, okay, I need to like synthesize back up to this thing to get like the other options, and the game right. the game tells you what you're going to get. So like if I if I went to metal slime night, my dilemma here was that I went to like metal slime night to see what I wanted to synthesize it with, right. and I saw. Metal Dragon was an option with the Red Dragon, but then another option was Slime Stack. Mm. And uh, yeah, no, no. And I was like, well, I got to let me some Slime Stacks. I got to get that. Yeah. And so, so I did it. So I ended up doing the Metal Slime Knight thing again during all of my like in game grinding, like EXP farming stuff to get a Slime Stack. Yeah. Which, uh, which I bred with a Rector. Like the yeah, 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 rector. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so 
both of those were still technically only C rank monsters. So I did not go all out like trying to get, you know, a, a rank monsters for the final fights and everything. And maybe I should have, but it was kind of just like, eventually I got to a point where the monsters in my party, the new monsters in my party and some of the old ones were good enough that instead of trying to synthesize them to get up like B and a rank monsters, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to like, just try to get these monsters like up really, really high in levels. Because if you, if you synthesize them, you get like a plus mm-hmm. by their name, which okay. means you can level them up higher. Oh, so that's kind of the key for, you know, okay, is the level capped at 50? Is it capped at 60? Like where, where's the cap going to go? And so this was good. I had bred enough that like the level cap was high enough that like, I didn't have to worry about it really. Yeah. And so I just, I just leveled up a bunch and and gave it a shot. I did. This is maybe cheating, but I did peek. um, I did peek at the strategy guide to see what level the final boss was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I I would. Yeah. yeah, Because I was like, you know what? I don't want to have I don't want to wipe. So I'd rather just I'd rather see like roughly what level I'm going to be at. Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, be done with it. The problem, though, the problem with this, however, is that in the strategy guide, when you open it up uh, to look at the boss, mm-hmm. where it says level, it's one of those stupid guides where it puts a question mark beside everything to uh, keep it a mystery, which is like, what? E- what's even the point of buying a strategy guide boo. if you do that? Yeah, yeah I, I don't want mystery if I'm buying a strategy guide. I want the strategy to win. Exactly. Like I hate spoiler free strategy guides. Like Final Fantasy 13 had one, Dragon Quest 8 had one, and they were like awful because I'm like I don't buy a strategy guide because I don't want to see where the boss is coming up. Yeah, it's that's a we it's a weird choice and I get I get the mindset of publishing them, but as a consumer, stop. For real. So anyway, uh Malevolence, that's the final boss. There there's a scouting competition after this, but Malevolence is a final boss question mark did that uh, minor spoiler here, I guess uh, the final scout battle uh, ties to Joker one. Okay. I have never beaten Joker one um, from people who listen to our Joker one episode. I only got to like the third or fourth Island before I quit that game. Yeah. So I was a little bit, uh, I'm sure I did not get stuff out of it that I would have gotten if I'd beaten Joker one. Right. That makes sense. I did recognize the character that I'm, fighting that's in that shows up here at the end as being from joker one so that was kind of like oh cool this is you know connecting here i know you kind of thing <laughs> yeah so that was that was neat but again it's like some of the connections that were in joker two uh to joker one uh, and not just necessarily there but other connections as well were just like okay cool this is cool and all but i didn't nece- didn't necessarily take away from it what i would have if i'd beaten the first game right 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 yeah so I do want to mention, though, for people who have listened to all of these episodes, you included, that I never synthesized my Drake slime. <laughs> Did got, you not? No, I got so attached to him. And his his level cap was some was pretty high up. Like, I think I can't remember where his pluses were, but I think his level cap would have been somewhere at like 70. OK, so that's pretty, um, pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. So I just kept him. I just kept him around, even if he was in my reserves. And everything, I always kept him because I got so attached to that little guy. Like Because especially early on, it was like the superstar of my party. Right, yeah, of course. And I just could not, I just, every time I got ready to try to synthesize uh, monsters and I would see what, you know, synthesizing with the Drake Slime might get me. Mm-hmm. And there were a few times I was really tempted 
And I was like, okay, I really want to do this. But then I just couldn't bring myself to doing it. You know, it was just, yeah. anyway, it's kind of, it's kind of silly, I guess, in the long run, because it's just like, you know, a fake little monster in a video game. But, but I that's really the whole couldn't. thing about it. You're scouting and getting these uh, bonds with monsters and you actually did. Yeah. He did not have a name really, because what I would yeah. do, I wouldn't be creative. So what I would do is I would just choose the default names the game gave me. Right. And so what the game does, there, there is a cap. So you can't see like demon at arms won't take up like the whole thing. Yeah. And so it cuts it off there. So like demon at arms would just be like demon at or something. Oh, uh, okay. So, so Drake slime was just like Drake SL or something like that. And I backspaced on the SL just to make it Drake. <laughs> so my Drake slime was named Drake. So, uh, so thanks Drake. I mean, it's not a bad name, but yeah, I just, I was just so attached to that little guy that I just, I never could. I just couldn't give him up. So anyway, the Drake slime stayed with me the entire time, even though admittedly some of that time he was in my reserves and not the, uh, not like the main three, you know, fighting party members. But yeah, but you never got rid of him. Like that was the thing. You you still maintained him in your party, like and just never never let him go. Yeah. We've got some thoughts on Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2 that other people online were kind enough to to tell us about. And then I also just kind of want to give my I guess like final, you know, TLDR here thoughts on it. Um but before we do that, I think it is time for a little shameless self-promotion. So we do have a Patreon page that I'm going to let BJ tell you guys all about. You can go to patreon.com slash dragonquestfm and you can become a member of our community where you get cool stuff like stickers and mugs and even real life mini medals, which is awesome. So you can go to dragonquestfm. So you can go to patreon.com slash dragonquestfm and collect your mini medals to turn in later. Get prizes, which is not true, but you can get a mini medal. That's true. You can. And since it's shameless self-promotion time, I do want to mention new episode of my other podcast, JRPGs and Me, uh, went up this week. It's over Final Fantasy IX, which we bring up quite a bit on the show because we both love it so much. It's a great game. And I was kind of putting off doing an episode on it for a, for a while there because I loved that game so much. I knew it was going to be hard for me to be objective in any kind of way. Yeah. And so instead, I just threw caution to the wind and did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you'll do it again, too. I'm sure there's there's so much to say about it that that's not the only episode you'll do. So anyway, so go listen to that. You can check out my thoughts and hear me rave about Final Fantasy IX uh, for a long time. Getting back into this Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2 uh, e- episode, though. So first of all, I want to I want to share some other people's thoughts because we've we've spent quite a long time on you know my kind of experiences in the game and my reactions to everything so we asked some people on twitter well we asked everyone on twitter but some people responded uh (laughs) everyone on twitter did not respond surprise surprise there i was i really thought everyone on twitter would respond to this yep but uh some people did respond with what they thought about uh about dragon quest monsters joker 2 and it seems like even the people who who love the game still had similar complaints to things that i've said like leandro joel perez said 
It's a pretty good game. Optimize two things in comparison with Monsters Joker 1 to make it way better. Saving in every place, which yes, I totally agree. That was fantastic in this game. And letting you change the monsters in battle. Out of that, the game is balanced between hard and easy. It can be a bit grindy, but it's worth it. Also, the party is cool. And I, I, I do agree with him there that the improvements that have been made from the first game, that's, that's nice. It's nice to see that kind of stuff. Uh, Gap Freezer said, The maps, gameplay, and mechanics make me really like this game. Wish it had more story. Still my second favorite Monsters game, but that's just in terms of gameplay. It's the weakest of all six in terms of writing. Hmm. Yeah, and I thought that was pretty interesting. And also a quick shout out to Gap Freezer too, because that's been one of the people who has has kind of helped keep me motivated after episodes, sometimes being like, you just got to get through this part and it gets yeah. better or you know, offering me tips on this game. So, so thank you for that. But yeah, I thought that was interesting, uh, you know, that they wish it had more story. And I'm kind of the same way. You know, I've talked about it multiple times now that I just, I really felt like the story was lacking in this game. I thought yeah. the story was lacking in Joker 1 as well. And I think, here's the thing with the story. I promise I'm going to get back to other people's thoughts again in just a second. Here's <laughs> the thing with the story though. Joker 1 I felt like, at least to the part I got, which was, again, Island 3 or 4, I felt like there was just no story. Like, there was just nothing going on. Monsters Joker 2, I feel like it front loads some story beats there at the beginning of the game. Um, You know, with, like, the airship crashing, you have to go find everybody. Like, you encounter the people who are on your airship. You get to talk to them a little bit, and there's some story stuff going on. But I feel like at some point, there's just, there was, like, a, there just stopped being story. Yeah. Yeah, from what you've told me, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, in Mario games or like platformers do this, especially a lot where it's like there's some kind of weird opening sequence with a story to get you to go around to start collecting things. But then yep. the story, it never really returns to it. Yep. Until yep. like yep. the yep. end when you succeed. It's it's kind of like that, like like Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. It's like everybody swoops in and freezes everything. And then you go through like all these worlds and levels. And then at the end, it wraps everything up. But like the in-between times, it was more about gameplay and there wasn't really a story. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's true. Yeah. That's a lot. That's very much how Joker two felt to me. Whereas Joker one, at least to the part I got, it just, it didn't even feel like there was that like front end loaded story. It just felt like it was kind of like, okay, I'm wandering around going to islands on a, what do you call it? Jet ski. You just go around Uh, on a jet ski to islands and find monsters. And it's like, that's it. Did Joker one then end up getting story later? I assume so. Yeah, I mean, with the way that that they put it, it was like, well, maybe you just didn't get to the story then if it didn't front load it like this one. They responded to to DQFM on this, but I had other people when I was playing Joker 2, I had other people who made comments about the story and about the lack of story in it. Right. So even though though those people didn't necessarily respond to this one, um, I did have people telling me that online, so... So it does seem like there is some consensus, at least, that that Joker 2 doesn't have that much story. Hmm. Anyway, uh, Summer Wind said Kobe and Tara's journey were more charming. Game mechanics would be outdated now, but that's true also of Dragon Quest Monsters Joker. Yeah. And that's why I see. I feel like it's split. I feel like I've seen a lot of people say that about like the the regular Dragon Quest Monsters games, like the yeah. Kobe, Tara, Terry, all that stuff, that like those are better. And then, but I also feel like I see a lot of people saying that the Joker games are better. And this is purely me speculating. So, 
you know, if people are like, no, Austin, you're wrong. That's okay. Cause this is speculation on my part. I think maybe the disconnect there is I think it depends on what you grew up playing on. It's like if the, the people who mm. started with the original monsters like it better, but then you kind of have the, the younger crowd who, you know, were kids or like young teens when like Dragon Quest eight and some of these DS spinoffs started happening, like the Joker yeah. games and they prefer the Joker games better. And I think that's kind of like the dividing line from what I've seen. But it's also the internet, so I don't know everybody's age. So, you know, right. hence the speculation part. But it would make sense. Like, that would make logical sense. It's uh, a lot of stuff that you and I play that that we appreciate and love feels dated by to a lot of people. Like, I've seen people not be able to play Final Fantasy IX because everything about it feels dated. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know that hurt me a little bit just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's one of those things where it's both what you're used to, what you're into now, and just going back what mindset you're in when you go play a game that's a little bit older. Michael, uh, Mike Regal, he said, once I picked it up again, I started to really get going. I'm currently where you need to reach rank A, but all my monsters are rank C, so I guess it's grind time. But so far, I really like the maps and music. I notice a lot of monsters from DQ8 appear, which is also a plus for me. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know where Mike is in in the game now because uh, this, you know, was from earlier in the week. But yeah. I made it through my rank A scouting challenge with rank C monsters. And again, okay. again, I made it through like the whole game with essentially garbage monsters because <laughs> because I just focused more on like leveling them up really high than than synthesizing them that's what i was about to ask actually if the leveling made that much of a difference in terms of the quality like you could offset the the rank quality versus just having them higher level i think so i think probably in the post game because there there's a lot of post game after the credits which i'm probably not gonna play but to get to the end of the story like i feel like it's not I feel like you could do that. I feel like it was it was fairly easy to offset the lack of synthesizing by just like increasing their levels. Right. Maybe in post game when things get a lot harder, it, that's not the case. In, in a lot of ways, it's like getting to the credits almost just feel like you're starting the game. Like it feels like that's when you finally have like beaten like this really long, like 25, 30 hour tutorial. <laughs> yeah. So I hate games that feel like that, too. Maybe that's it. But yeah, I mean, I I definitely made it through with mostly garbage monsters. I did have some better monsters. I had a I totally lucked into scouting a demon at arms, uh, which you can find in the necropolis. Oh, that's not a unicorn and rainbow. I I know. Right. Who would have thought But there's a lot of there's a lot of demon at arms and there's a lot of like gigantus and Mm. uh, other monsters, you know. Big, powerful monsters. You know the kind of monsters that you would expect in the Necropolis. I wasn't, I'd already made up my mind that I wasn't going to worry about scouting them, that I was just going to like focusing on leveling stuff up. Yeah. But there was one point where I I knocked out the other two enemies that appeared with the demon at arms and there was only a demon at arms left. I had been attacking him quite a bit and it's not like, it's not like Pokemon where it's like the lower their HP is, the better chances it is. Because oh, is it not? No, oh, yeah, from, you did tell me that. From what I've read, it has to do with how powerful your your attacks are versus how low their defense is. So, like, the, my uh, Boreal Serpent had a really good attack where when it attacked, uh, it would lower monsters' defenses. Okay, yeah. Which, 
after I learned this made scouting monsters a little bit easier. But anyway, so that had been happening for a while. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to scout this demon at arms. It's never going to happen. You know, my monsters went through and scouting chances are always low. But on this demon at arms, the one that I got, at least it was like 7% or something. Oh, wow. To the point where I was like, yep, not going to get that. Why did I even bother? Uh, Just, you know, going to get hit again and then get to kill this thing. And then it was like, scouting successful and like did the little chime. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like just totally did not expect it to happen. Yeah. It's just like, okay. Yeah. So that was, that was a pretty cool moment towards the, towards the end there too. Wrapping all this up. Final thoughts here for me. I am very glad that I gave this game a shot. And again, huge shout out to Alex for sending me this game. I'm glad I got to play it just to see like what the buzz was about. (laughs) It's definitely not my kind of game where I want to get into like every, you know, monsters game now. Like I have, I still have, I have the Terry's Wonderland remake on 3DS right now. Okay. Is that one in Japanese? It is in Japanese. Yes. Okay. I was thinking, I was like, I don't remember that one. So that (laughs) one must be in Japanese that, and I just completely disregarded it. Yeah, it's in Japanese. So I have that one and can play it. At this point, I'm not going to. <laughs> um, like I said, I, the next Dragon Quest game I'm playing is, is going to be Theatrhythm. Yeah. I put it into my... The, it's the same... It's the Liquid Metal Slime 2DS. It's the same one I've been using to play mm-hmm. Joker 2 on. But when I put it in there, it said that there was a problem reading the SD, micro SD card. Oh, no. You know, it says all this stuff in Japanese. So I was having to yeah. use like Google Translate to do some of this stuff. But um, I, I've been trying to troubleshoot it because I don't know if my micro SD card uh, is Could completely, it be full? completely messed up. It doesn't. No, it's not showing up that it's full hmm. uh, when I'm trying. And when I try to manage data like that doesn't seem to be the issue. And so anyway, right now I'm stuck trying to troubleshoot the micro SD card in my 2DS and also like translate all the notifications to find out where stuff is. <laughs> Does do other games work in there still? Yeah. Yeah, so you can put Joker back in and play it, but it's just the theater rhythm. Yeah, but see, I think maybe, maybe it's a DS thing because the the DS saves everything on the cart, and the 3DS right. the 3DS saves it on the cart. But I think the 3DS also saves it to console, right? To the hardware. Oh yeah, the uh, I don't. Yeah, I think the data actually goes on the SD card on 3DS games. You should try one of your other 3DS games then. Yeah. I'll have to anyway. And this, see how that goes because dang. Yeah, whenever I put Theatrhythm in the other night, like I put it in to start trying it out like two or three nights ago from when we were yeah. recording this, and I started getting that notification, and then I spent like an hour trying to troubleshoot stuff, yeah. and then since then I went and got my second COVID shot, and it kind of knocked me out. Um, A lot. Like they didn't just kind of yesterday. You took like eight hours worth of naps. Dude, I slept so much yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I did too. After both of my shots, I understand. Because of all that, I haven't had a chance to go back to it yet. So it'll probably be this weekend once I'm, you know, work is over and I can just sit down to try to like fix a micro SD card in a Japanese 2DS. (laughs) (laughs) Once I have time for that, uh, I'm going to try to figure it out. Like it doesn't seem to be a problem with the 2DS itself or the game. So if nothing else, I'll just buy another micro SD card and put it in there. Uh, I've had to do that. It's stinky. Yeah. So Joker 2, not good enough to get me to keep playing the games. I'm glad I tried it out. It was really fun getting to play a Dragon Quest game that I had not played before that was also in English. 
Yeah. The list of English Dragon Quest games that I haven't played are getting smaller. <laughs> yeah. The only ones I can think of are Monsters games right now, but it may, I may be wrong. Yeah. The only ones I can think of are Monsters games as well. So because of that, it was just nice getting to do that. Overall, it was an enjoyable experience, but I just personally did not like the game well enough that I yeah. was going to keep like uh, that. I'm going to go and try to like find the find, you know, the translation for for Joker three and stuff like that and get through that. Like, I'm not going to be doing that. Yeah. And you don't like playing games on the computer enough to be able to play with a patch on there to uh, sit in front of your laptop and do it. If the Eric and Mia monsters game, maybe at the 35th anniversary, they'll talk about that. If that gets announced, you know, and shown off and stuff where, and when I say announced, I mean announced to like confirm that it's even still happening because at this point it's like, we think it's still happening, but Things weren't looking too good the last time they gave an update on it. So Mm-mm. so because of all that, I'm kind of like, when that Eric and Mia game comes out, Dragon Quest Eleven, I have loved enough. <laughs> Understatement, maybe. But I've loved Dragon <laughs> Quest Eleven enough that I, I will get that game. Like, Oh, of course. Like, I'm not going to sleep on the Eric and Mia Monsters game just because I don't like, you know, Dragon Quest Monsters Joker games. Will I love that game? Who knows? But like, you know, I'm still going to be buying it and playing it. (laughs) So, yeah, so that's my that's kind of Austin's uh, final thoughts on Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2. And I will probably not play it because it does not sound like a fun game. Oh, actually, parts of it sound fun. So I could see myself starting it, but I don't think I would ever power through like you did. You actually might like it because you and I do have different tastes in games sometimes. And you already have Joker 1. I do. And enough of the mechanics in Joker 1 are still... If you play Joker 1, if you start and play Joker 1 and like it, you'll like 2. If you don't like 1, I don't think you'll like 2. Right. Yeah, I haven't unsealed Joker yet. I would at least try it out because I could definitely see you liking some of the parts of it. Did Speaking of sealed games, like that reminded me of, uh, I'm kind of worried about unsealing it now, because have you seen the prices of the uh, Dragon Quest VIII sealed that uh, for 3DS that you and I picked up for like 30 bucks uh, about a year ago? No. They're going for like 250 to $300 right now. Wow. Like they jumped up just like we were talking about uh, Joker 2 did. I saw somebody post about it on uh, on Twitter. I don't remember who it was. It may have been Liam. And I went and looked it up. And sure enough, open ones are expensive. But the but the sealed ones are mega expensive now. And I was just like, well, I'm glad that Walmart had a couple of those. Yeah. So, yeah, Dragon Quest is almost the investment opportunity that Pokemon cards are. Yeah, maybe. I will say that Joker, the Joker games, um, Joker 2 and Joker 1 uh, were going for a lot less on eBay uh, when I checked. I actually checked uh, yesterday. Oh, yeah? To see how much they were still going for. And yeah, they're a lot hmm. they're a lot lower now. Maybe it's because I complained about it. <laughs> I think that's what it is. So anyway, uh, remember, you can talk to us on Twitter at DragonQuestFM if you want to talk to me individually. You can find me on Twitter at DragonQuaston, and you can also check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash DragonQuestFM. And you can find me on Twitter at Professor Beach. You can listen to my other podcast, the geek to geek podcast, and you can go to Geek2GeekMedia.com and get Slack and Discord links so that you can hang out with us and talk all the time. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, all.